This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. Our heroes defeated the spirit of a witch, haunting those who he wished to make lonesome, as lonesome as himself. But rather than deliver any information to the Law Corporation, they kept it to themselves. Oh, we see a shot of kind of in the day we see a shot like an exterior shot um of maybe like some kind of like little small hills i don't want to say sand dunes because i think they're kind of like gr- like hills but like grassy hills that are the grass is kind of dead and you hear gunshots and pretty soon pretty soon we zoom into uh like Mr. We zoom in to like see Mr. Welker's eyes like really, really close. And then we see a gun with him shooting that gun. And um would you say would you say generally that Mr. Welker is fairly competent with like a sidearm? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um and then we see kind of a uh that same shot from before where we just kind of see this hill or whatever. And we see the same deal again, and we see what Mr. Welker is shooting at, and it's just at a target. And we we kind of look back over at the thing, at the tar- at the target, and see how Mr. Welker had done. And uh, there's kind of a pause for a beat, and then we hop over to see Ashton, and he's doing the same thing. So we see kind of a close up on his eyes, and both of them. Of, both of them, yeah. We see both of his eyes, um, including including the one that has the uh, swastika of penises tattooed right underneath it. Um, Wait a second. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it was actually supposed to be a windmill, but it was gone terribly wrong. So we but see I the never fall asleep in the tattoo chair. Yeah. We we see a close up of Ashton's eyes and kind of like the gun, and it's the same basic thing where you're shooting at a target and we maybe see the target. Um, you have described Ashton as exceedingly clumsy, and yet Ashton also has ancient fighting arts, um, firing like a fairly standard issue pistol. Probably not necessarily in the ancient fighting techniques or fighting arts category. But um, how does this go for Ashton? You can just straight up tell me how this goes for him. So you said this is kind of outside? Yes, you're, you guys are outdoors on like, basically on like an outdoor firing range shooting at these targets. And okay, I think the targets, makes- I think the targets are kind of the standard just silhouette that has like the um, concentric circles n- near the head and near the yeah. chest for like where you like generally want to be hitting center mass. Um, and so you guys have those and again, you're, you're outdoors. So we see like the sun kind of beating down on you guys. It looks like it's a hot day. Uh, maybe you guys are like sweating a good amount. Um, and yeah, 
maybe there's like a kind of an awning covering you guys, giving you a little bit of shade, but it's still hot. It's summertime, baby. Yeah, I think he did really poorly. If uh, it maybe it looks like he hasn't shot it at all, but then he's like, "Oh, Mr. Welker, look!" And maybe the camera zooms in, and there's like, just like barely over the corner of one of the sheets, you know, okay. like went mostly into the haystack, but just bent the one of the tiny corners of the little sheet. He's like, "Oh, I'm getting better. I hit it that time." Is this on one of those lines that goes back and forth where you can hit a button and it just pulls it towards you? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, yes, you've pulled this thing back towards you and it's almost untouched. But on the very bottom, you could see that you nicked it. And Mr. Wilker said, you have uh, unarguably gotten better, Mr. Green. And I think uh, as you guys are looking at this, somebody yanks it out of your hands. And, of course, that person is Mr. Bishop. Yeah, and I think he just says like, like, Walker. I thought this kid was was supposed to be learning something from you. What's going on here? Oh, um, he he certainly has. I've learned plenty of things from him as well. You should see him in the field. He uh, he has a real instinct for finding and neutralizing trouble. Oh well, I think he yeah he takes out a uh, he. Hmm. I have an idea for this, but I want to make it weirder. I think he, uh, yeah, he's just nude. Yeah. He just unzips. Uh, yeah. You guys uh-huh. read a, you guys read a Turkish bathhouse. You got to <laughs> learn how to shoot your first gun. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's getting a rub down while you're, you guys are talking. You know? No. Um, I think he says, knows his way in the field, huh? And he takes this thing and he takes out a, I would have him like take out a pen and he just draws a face on the thing and he's that's smiling. And he says, <laughs> seems like he's fine to me. I don't know if that's too goofy for this character to seem menacing or if it should be something crazier, like, uh, like he stabs you. Yeah. He just stabs you. Yeah. <laughs> stabs me in the eye. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's um, go with it. Yeah. I think he's like, seems like he's, he, yeah. So, Mr. Bishop, who's pointing at this um, fairly unscathed uh, marksmanship target placard, whatever you want to call it. Oh, I should have looked that up. Yeah, there's Um, definitely a name for that or a word, but I forget now. Yeah, when he's looking at this fairly unscathed target, he um, he takes out of his out of his pocket a uh, like just like a Sharpie marker or a grease pencil or something like that. And he just draws like a smiley face on the on the target. This is show like, oh, the bad guys are real happy or something. Is that I what think he's he, yeah, I think he'll say like, he seems fine to me. And I think Ashen uh, is like, oh yeah, I like that. That's cute. And I'll say, uh, Mr. Green's definitely, uh, definitely left a lot of people happy during our service. And isn't that really what what it comes down to? Yeah, like trying like, trying like encourage Mr. Bishop to be more encouraging to him and like pat Mr. Green on the back and say, you know, it's not all about um, it's not all about taking people out. Uh, he's done a lot of good out there. He says, well, I can see that. And I think we point over to that this was not the first beat, like the beginning of this, that you guys have been at this for a while. There's a pristine um, pile of untouched ones <laughs> next to him. Oh, I think, I think that Mr. Welker has like several of these. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, he has several of these, and we see kind of near him, essentially like empty clips of ammunition mm-hmm. um, to indicate like he's been shooting for a while. And uh, we look over at the area where Ashton has been, and there's just the one because it hasn't been necessary to replace it. <laughs> that makes and sense. Um, yeah, yeah. and there's like similarly like a similar number of empty clips of ammunition. That's and, storytelling through visuals. Yeah, there you go. If only this was a visual <laughs> medium. Um, now let's focus on the smell. All right. Uh, yeah. So I think I think uh, Mr. Bishop is kind of kind of shakes his head, looks down, and says, "Clean this. We'll clean this up later. Get somebody to do it." And uh, he kind of points to like, "Let's head back inside." Okay. And as we're doing that, um, Mr. Walker would say, uh, you know, training aside, and it's always a pleasure to, um, to host you in our, in our city, Mr. Bishop, but uh, about our city, I, I know we brought up previously in our previous board meeting that uh, there seems to be a good amount of activity in this area, you know, between the Gilman and the werewolf. Um, does the company have, uh, have any insight into that? Will there be any like increased allocation of resources here? He'll, um, and again, Mr. Bishop is played, um, Merle by the actor who played Merle from My Name is Earl, who's my from My Name is Earl from The Walking Dead. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I, of course, had forgotten the name of that actor. Yeah, you're thinking My Name is Merle. My name the is Merle. Spin-off. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good, really dark, very racist. He was Mary Poppins in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, which I know you've never seen. Oh, it's a shame. It's Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker is there the name is. of that actor. That so, like it should be his name. Yeah. Oh, and wait, it's even two different chess pieces. It's funny. Anyway, Rook and a bishop. There was the one I was missing. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so, Mr. Bishop kind of takes his glasses off and maybe he takes out like a handkerchief and he kind of wipes his face. And again, it's, it's Michael Rooker. He's a little bit shorter um, than average. I think Mr. Welker stands a little bit taller than he does. He has kind of gray hair. That's definitely balding though. He seems to like shave it. He's um, yeah, as, as he, I think he picks up like whatever gun that he had been using to do this, which was like a similar kind of standard issue, um, like almost like police semi-automatic handgun. And uh, I think he'll say, you know, if you guys are looking about extra resources, usually all you got to do is ask, especially if you're bringing in results. I mean, all this weird shit going on, the more y'all can wrangle it in and grab it together, the better. Because the bigger the, co- the, bigger the collection, the happier the boss is going to be. And um, Mr. Walker would say, oh, certainly. I, I don't mean to imply that we haven't been well taken care of. Um, I'm just concerned. Um, I just want to make sure that nothing comes up we can't handle for the safety of the people here. Uh, and speaking of uh, bringing bringing people in, um, 
what what's be, uh how's how's the research going on mrs um hellinger miss hellinger and he kind of pauses and i think you guys are maybe maybe like at the door to this building and um i think i think on the side it basically just says uh please unload all firearms and blah 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 before entering and i'll be doing that yeah and and he says, uh, "The girl, the girl you, the, the girl you picked up uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, she's doing fine. That's good. Yeah." He says, "But Welker, listen, you got the resources you need to get this stuff done. The two big things you got to worry about are making sure you get it done, and apparently." keeping things uh, a little more quiet than before. Don't worry. We got that under control. Uh, I assure you, this is going to be the best run unit that Lorcorp has. And he'll, he'll kind of nod and he'll say, you did a good, you did a good job with the, with that kid. And, uh, and again, he means Roberta Hellinger in that capacity. We didn't tell him about um, Graves. Right. And so he'll say, like, you did a good job. And he'll basically compliment the way that you uh, handled that with the police. But he'll he'll just kind of reiterate, like, like we're looking into stuff that we don't know. All right. No, I think he'll say this and, like, show a little bit of light between himself and other parts of the company. And he'll say, like, I don't know if they know what they're looking into completely. But I do know they don't want other folks to know what they're looking into. Whether it's competitors, whether it's regulations and laws and red tape and that kind of stuff, or just bad press. If the people, if the people, uh, and I, yeah, and I think you guys head into this room, and it's just like, uh, like a place. It's like, it's like a shooting range that's where you can kind of like stack up these different things. There's maybe an interior part of the shooting range where you can do this inside. That's incredibly loud. And so he has to start yelling a little, uh, no, I think you guys have rented this space out. So there's nobody else in there. And, um, he kind of puts this stuff up, but there's also kind of a weirdly a gym in the place. And he'll say, I don't know how excited people would be to know that the folks who make their baby soap are also uh, are also looking into werewolves and ghosts and monsters and all kinds of other such. No, of course. People aren't ready. Yeah. Well, till they are, we got to make sure that we can go out there and... Uh, Kick whatever's ass, kick whatever's ass comes at us that we can find, so we can grab that ass and bring it back here. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think at this point he kind of continues going through this stuff with you guys, and uh, I think like the next thing that he he'll have you do is he'll he'll like maybe you guys can grab some water and then he'll do something where it's almost going to be like a, almost like a hand to hand combat thing. Oh, that might be something Mr. Green's uh, potentially at least as good as me as me at. With the yeah. Nunchucks. Yeah. I was thinking maybe, maybe it's like a, 
What if it's like one of those stereotypical like everyone have a quarter staff thing or like American Gladiator, like with the things on the end? Yeah, you know oh, like the giant like foamy things on the end. Yeah, <laughs> like the Q-tip things. Yeah, now everyone stand at the big plushy thing in the middle of the ball pit. Yeah, I think to be just more, I think to be more serious, at least initially, it would just start off as almost like a boxing kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, probably Ashen would be uh, equally as bad as, at that. If there's sticks, though, he might be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's, you've got to be a savant at something, right? <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's the uh, maybe that's that's part of it where I think um, you guys can kind of like box. And they, he might just even have you guys just like spar with one another and he'll just keep like shouting out suggestions. And I almost imagine we have kind of a montage of Mr. Welker and Ashton sparring with one another. Um, just kind of like lightly boxing. They've got like the headgear stuff on and boxing gloves. And maybe they're not re- the regular boxing gloves. They're more like kind of the kickboxing boxing gloves where you have like a little bit more movement of your hands. Yeah. And as the two of you guys are kind of going through this, I think maybe Mr. Welker is providing Ashton some relevant feedback of like, maybe try this. Keep maybe your hands up. Don't yeah. always move your feet. Mm-hmm. Crash down. And uh, I think Mr. Bishop has also advice, but it's just much meaner. I think he's like the kind of person who's like, like, kid, you keep crossing your leg one, one in front of the other like this. And he like has you do it and then just pushes you down to be like, oh, you're unstable. And uh, so, yeah, so I think that goes on for a bit. Yeah. But while you guys are. Butthole. He's, he's yeah. worming his way in there. Yeah. Don't, didn't, you, didn't you know you're fighting? You're trying to box butt worms. All right, here comes some more. And he starts throwing worms at you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are various sizes. Some of them are regular worms. Some of them are like dog heartworm sized. Yeah. It's dangerous. We make it in. We'll get to that in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time he gets one in, you hear bing, 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 go. Oh. <laughs> I like how you're like, wait, hold on. Practice uh, stick fighting. Way too ridiculous. Let's go yeah. to the heartworm <laughs> goal post. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's, I think some of the difference is obviously I'm not going to have that be part of the story. It's a shame, you know. Really could have added a lot Listen, of flavor to yeah. Lord This is all canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has you practice with cannons. Uncanonize mm-hmm. this stuff. This is Worm cannons. Yeah, <laughs> he brings out Nick Cannon. You guys have to fight Nick Cannon. Cannon cop. Yeah, but yeah, my point is that you guys can kind of talk with Mister Bishop while you're doing this, and um, I think one of the big things that we can notice is that, uh, like I had said before, this place is empty. It's like, as if you've been like, you've rented this, this space has been rented out and maybe we can see on the wall. It says like, um, uh, I think it says like fortitude, um, like fortitude security solutions. And there's dogs somewhere in the distance. Um, yeah, but it says like fortitude security solutions and it has like some like lists of rules or that kind of stuff. And there's other posters yeah. that are like, no diving in the pool. Yeah. No glass containers. Swim yeah. your own risk. No running on slick surfaces. Mm-hmm. And another t- ne- next thing, better not run on me because I'm always slick. No, but so they, I think there's a bunch of, there are a bunch of posters that are like, like, 
the weird kind of things that you would expect where they're like uh like throat like executing a throat punch like that kind of a thing the, that the creepy dummy that is like the weird silicone guy um some of the kind of shit that like uh chris and annie would be like oh we got to get this for christian karate camp kind of uh, a deal yeah like instead of posters like how to do the heimlich and that and like how to like do cpr it just pushes like how to do a flying kick how yeah do, like a proper like arm lock yeah, it's a bunch of like uh, like Krav Maga things, but also like make sure gun safety is important. Also, here's a, the stopping power of these bullets and like a bunch of different kinds of bullets that are listed. So, yeah, it's like this the Second part, Amendment written out. Oh yeah, and framed. Totally. Oh, yeah, like, gorgeous font. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, there is a pan over of the Second Amendment and like very big things the um, is covered in swastika graffiti yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah this place is uh, full of some characters um but yeah so i think the point of this is that this is not this isn't a gym this isn't like we just went to a local firing range it also isn't like we went to a boxing gym or even like a, a karate dojo kind of a place like this is a place that's weirder than that for sure. And again, you have rented out the facility. You guys are theoretically the only three people there. There might be another dude who's in the office and he's just hanging around. Yeah, nobody pays attention to Willie. No, that's me. Uh, call, call me Will. Uh, they won't. Call me Wormy Willie. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. me, Wormy Willie. He's the worm tosser. Mm-hmm. Get ready, boyos. Yeah. So, is there anything going on in Mr. Green's head that he wants to talk about? Um, yeah, if there were if there were little, uh, you know, word balloons in this comic book, now it's a comic book instead of a TV show for some reason. Mm-hmm. Of course. But I think he's thinking, especially after Mr. Bishop. I guess I'm doing a, a monologue right now. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think how you would do this in a TV show. I guess it's just close up on his face yeah and then there's voiceover um he's like wow um that mr bishop seems really intense and i guess he has he has some good points but i think that people would i mean they might be scared at first but i mean they should they have a right to know if they're in danger this is i don't know if i agree with him there especially if a company with such great resources and really good morals um, as Lorecore, if they people knew that they were helping, I think that would only be a good thing. Hmm, but it's not my place to say. And you and hear like... He, and he gets like hit by exactly. Mr. Walker. And yeah. <laughs> and I think he yells like, like, kid. He's like, kid, where the hell are you? Yeah, like the sound rushes back in. He's like, whoa! Yeah. And you get, yeah, you get like just popped in the face. You're like, whoa! Um... So yeah, so I think he has you guys kind of like take a break for a minute and uh, just sit down and kind of go over some other stuff. With well, him. One, one thing Walker's is going to want to ask at some point before this is over. Go for it. Is um, Yeah, this so, is just, I'm literally just trying to provide little scenes so to like, express one idea that I think I've expressed pretty clearly already. Yeah. And get you guys opportunities to talk to one another into this dude. And here's the idea that I, Walker wants to express and that is like, Mr. Bishop, um, you know, if you if the company's satisfied with our work, I, I want I want the company to know that I'm ready to take on more. We we 
already a tick on more. But I especially would love the opportunity to lead them to like um, high high value targets, um, whatever we can do to help. Like I'm ready for more. And he's like, that sounds great. Here's the thing. The way they've got this set up, we can try to give you guys clues here or there, company resources to find this, but you guys are the ones on the ground. You're your own scouts in this one. You got to find these things. So, And we will. I, I, I've got a pretty good feeling about that. I was pretty skeptical about the idea of you guys putting together your own team, but the two acquisitions we've had so far, well, the, I guess, one and a half, still pretty impressive. What made you guys, uh, sorry to ask this in front of you, kid, he says to Ashton, kind of dismissively, but what was the, uh, what was the criteria for putting that team together? I said, that's simple, Mr. Bishop. I took only the best. Um, as you know, uh, Lord Corp, and like he'll sort of lower his voice a bit for this part. It's like Lord Corp has had their eye on Mr. Green, as you know, and he has proven to be a worthwhile investment. And then he'll raise his voice again and be like, uh, you know, Mr. Blade is obviously a master of his field. He's our eyes. I think in the background, when you talk about Ashen, he's like trying to punch one of those like big. <laughs> like punching bags and it just like goes and like swings back and hits him and he falls over. Oh, and I think that actually works perfectly that Ashton is off to the side. He's doing that. And I think, uh, Bishop will say the same. He'll kind of ask and say, he will ask you about Ashton files. had said to keep an eye on that kid. Is there anything you found that, uh, warrants that warrants any kind of action? He'll, he'll shake his head and say, not yet. Uh, obviously I've been keeping my eye on him. All I can say so far is he expresses a certain attitude for the line of work. He has a knack for uh, being in the right place at the right time. And even though, as you can see, his skills don't seem to show it in a more mundane setting, when he's in the field, things just seem to happen. Um, so I think he is absolutely, uh, it's, it's absolutely a good idea to keep him close. And it's also, it contributes a lot to the success of the team. He'll kind of nod and say like, well, even if he's a snake, I mean, snake you can't see is the more dangerous one, right? I'm making him more southern as this goes, but it's like he's our snake now. Yeah, he's our snake now. And then uh, his the butt flaps on his long johns pop open, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh shucks." Yeah, um, I didn't yeah. mention he's wearing a, a union suit, uh, but yeah, no, he and he'll he'll kind of like lean back up away. I think he's wearing, um, what would he be wearing? I think he's wearing kind of a dress shirt. Like Mr. Welker often wears. Maybe he's um, like untucked and like appropriate for the scenario where his mind's still like in perfect presentation mode. No, I think he's got kind of more the, uh, actually it might make sense if he has more kind of the, he's wearing like a, um, a t-shirt. And but over it, he, he just does have a bulletproof vest on. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's like that kind of like weird, like oh, a normal person doesn't walk around in a bulletproof vest. This is weird. Uh, yeah, but he'll kind of lean back and say, 
What about that country? What about the country music guy? You had him in there. He that didn't a, seem to make any sense to me. He's. He'll say. Um, he is another one whose uh, contributions are hard to sort of judge uh, in a field report. But I can tell you that uh, after following his advice in the in the Hellinger mission, um, we wouldn't have gotten where we did if we hadn't done that. Um, he also has a way of bringing the team together. I think uh, he did a lot for Mr. Green's um, feeling like he belongs. Hmm. Well, I guess it's not too bad to have yourself a mascot now and again if you need it, but... And that's that's a good point. And to to the people we interact with, that's often the role you take. All right. Well. And yeah, and I think he'll kind of get back up and be like, "All right." So, and do you guys have additional questions to ask him about stuff? No. Okay. Um, I am going to have most likely Carl make a rule about this. Um, Carl, could you make an act under pressure roll? Unless you have another move that would specifically work about this. Nope. You guys are trying to keep some of this information about the Alan Graves case from the Lore Corporation. Mm -hmm. um, I think this dude is kind of one of those weird people who can, not weird in regard to the stat of this game, but like people who can tell when something's up and there's something more to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, could you make this roll while, uh, like to basically try to keep, to keep some of the things you've maybe chosen not to talk about under wraps. I'm not saying that this guy straight up is like, well, I know what you did last summer, yeah. but sure, that like he knows something's cool, yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, well, if I'm really cool, which is acting under pressure, I got 13. That's pretty freaking good. All right. So there's no, there's no problem at all. And I think uh, you guys can kind of keep, you can go back to sparring with this guy, essentially. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, ooh. Um, I want to give you guys kind of a time to shine here through this. But I also want to present another weird element to it. Um, maybe you guys take some time like sparring with him and going through some of that stuff. And maybe Ashton gets an opportunity to be like, Oh, they have these sticks and they're almost like kendo sticks kind of things. If you know what I'm talking about, like Nightwing uses sometimes and maybe fighting with those, you actually present yourself like a lot better. And this guy's has something to what, what is, what can Ashton do that like impresses this guy? See the way that move works is um, if it's old fashioned hand weapons, he, he uh, can kind of hit harder, like it's plus one harm, mm -hmm. or he can protect other people better. So maybe he, uh, they're fighting with these kendo sticks, like you said, for for a little bit, and he keeps, uh, Mr. Bishop keeps just trouncing Ashton, but then near the end, he finally gets a hit in, and it's, you know, way harder than he was expecting. Like maybe he All like, right. I don't know, what would be a ridiculous, like, uh, it's like a black eye or loses a tooth or something. It's like, oh, I did. How did that happen? Yeah, I think you, uh, yeah, you whack this guy and he, uh, he's like kind of holding his head or it splits part of his eye, eyelid open, eyelid, eyebrow open. And he's like, oh, you're not too pathetic, kid. 
after you after you hit him and like i said we he like holds his eyebrow and there's like a little bit of blood trickling out of his eyebrow and he's like oh you know i didn't think you had it in you and then he says uh, something like uh oh if only most of these uh, enemies on the field could go down in one hit and he just beats the shit out of ashton yeah um and i think what he i think what he ends up doing is just like not using the sticks or something like that where he kind of just grabs him and does some kind of like arm lock where Ashton is like, Oh my God, my arm's going to be broken. Yeah. Until he just drops the things. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be very uncomfortable for Mr. Walker to watch, mm-hmm. but he won't dare like interfere. Oh, and I think that uh, this gives him like a good point to bring up. And he's like, and he's like, do you see that? Do you see this control? And he kind of like, like moves your arm in a way where he can kind of move you around. And he's like, you guys are supposed to make sure that you can get a target. And I think he'll he'll basically point out something that's like a little bit frightening, which is like, you want to protect people? That's why we donated all those bulletproof vests to the cops in the city. That's not your job. <laughs> your job is to acquire a target and make sure that target is secured. And I think he like moves your arm in a way that you're like, oh! I think that our next scene after that is um, where is this? It's at the equivalent of like an alehouse, kind of a big restaurant where there's a lot of noise. There's an army of people working in there, moving around, and so like higher tier than Applebee's, but not quite Outback. Well, I mean, yeah, unless the house forks over the, the money here. Yeah, but so it's it's a place like that where you can kind of go in, have lunch, and um, it's, it's big enough where I thought about doing this at a diner, but the diner that we always go to is that pancake house. And so I wanted to, I figured to do it at another kind of restaurant. And so like you can go in and get burgers, you can get, a salad you can get a chicken sandwich you can get whatever like there's a wide variety of food now i'm just pitching alehouse um it's working hey i'm a fan but so you guys can get there and um do you guys all show up together you think yeah why not sure do you think he is already there or do you think he shows up later i think he's i don't think he's like the most functional guy he's just a regular dude Sounds, sounds right. Um, you guys got a booth or something like that, so it's nice and uncomfortable when somebody has to get up and be like, "Excuse me, damn it!" <laughs> You're awkwardly touching legs. Um, I mean, you're really bringing back memories. Yeah, and so yeah, jamming like four people into a booth in an alehouse. Yes, absolutely. Wasn't in Bradenton? Wasn't the alehouse that was there like just suddenly closed? Where it was like, um. The manager's selling drugs or something, and the place just got closed down. I think that was um, Bennigan's or something like that. It was one of those places where it was just... Did Brayden have an alehouse? We had an alehouse briefly over behind where Applebee's is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Anyway, but yeah, so, like I said, this place is busy. There's a lot going on. While you guys are waiting around, um, we see a waiter or a waitress come by and be like... Oh, everybody good on their, everybody good on drinks and everything? Appetizers, anybody? How many Cokes has uh, Darkblade gone through? 
Yeah, how many Mountain Dew Code Reds has Dark Blade sucked down? There you go. I, I, don't, know. I don't know if you're trying to... Not enough? Yeah, so every time yeah. it comes by, it's like, refill on that, please. Yeah, so you've already sucked down multiple Mountain Dew Code Reds. Yeah, I, um... Gulping them down. I've, uh... Just been guzzling them, you know, as they say. Just guzzling. Straight guzzling. Straight guzzling, guzzling the red... Code reds, yeah. <laughs> Straight guzzling. Okay, so we see that. Gold, 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 uh, gold. Is there? Are there any appetizers at the table that we see? Are there like notes? Is that other stuff, or is it like we're waiting for somebody else before we? Do they have anything with like onion petals? I'm sure. I I think they oh. do have specifically onion petals. Yeah. Yeah. Onion petals are the best. Um. Also, I like buffalo wings, but only when they are boneless buffalo wings. Okay. Sure. Yeah, maybe with that's... code red sauce as well on the buffalo, boneless buffalo wings. Okay. You got to play to like uh, uh, chicken tenders or zingers or something like that. Yeah. Covered in a, uh, a Mountain Dew a Mountain Dew glaze, which doesn't make any sense. It, it's Jack Daniels Mountain Dew glaze. This is Applebee's. <laughs> um what would be the worst is to see um dark blade be like oh just take the plain chicken tenders but can you give me this sauce and this sauce on the side and then he's mixing them together with the mountain dew code red to make his own signature code red mountain dew sauce yeah this is i thought this was not gonna stray too far into horror austin yeah i know this body horror is uh, already a problem anyway but so you guys are there for a little while and then um Detective Sloan Winters shows up and he's like, oh, hey, sorry, guys, got uh, caught up. You know how it is. There's always some kind of paperwork problem, but that's the way it goes. You know what I mean? And he points to Mr. Walker. Say, like, sure, of course, Mr. Winters. Uh, we're just happy. We just, we're just happy for an opportunity to help. You know, like motion for a free spot in the booth right next to uh, Mr. Blade's um, uh, chemistry lab. Yeah. He'll look down at that, or he'll look. He'll look down at that, and um, at an em- at an empty table nearby, he sees that there's an extra, like rolled up silverware, and he'll get it to get the napkin and kind of wipe up some of the splashing of the Mountain Dew mixture that Darkblade has made. And he'll sit down and say, like, anyway, you guys, you guys can, and I think uh, maybe uh, Ashton and Darkblade have some food. And, uh, and he'll say, like, awesome. You guys already got something to eat. Flag down uh, flag down the waitress and get something. And when the the waitress comes over, he'll, uh, he, like, looks at his watch. And I think, uh, what time would be a, what time would be appropriate for a lunch meeting? 1.30. 1.30. And I think he's, like... It, oh yeah, so it's you guys were supposed to meet at one thirty. It's one forty, and like, no, he's later than that. It's one fifty. They've almost stopped serving lunch. Yeah, they've almost stopped serving lunch. It's one fifty, and he says, "Like we can call this two thirty, right?" Yes. Yeah, and I think what the wait it, he'll just like like order just a giant beer. Oh, okay, got it. Now. And. Uh, and say like, 
Like my my shift ends at two thirty, which is an incredibly weird time to end a shift on uh, whatever day of the week it is. Wednesdays. At two thirty, my shift ends on Wednesdays. So glad to meet you guys here at two thirty. One. And he like rolls his eyes. Mr. Walker like order a beer for the whole table, like to make him feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The waitress is like, "Oh, sure. Can I see your ID, um, uh, 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 sir?" And she goes to ID Ashton and Darkblade. And, and um, he's like, "Oh yeah, here you go. I'm the junior regional project manager." <laughs> like his business card. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, congratulations. <laughs> And it says here, it's your birthday. uh... (laughs) I'll I'll have a margarita, please. Oh, excellent. You want that? And she'll go through like an absurd list of options. Yeah. The flavors. (laughs) The now and later flavor. Absolutely. The now and later margarita. That's my favorite. (laughs) Does Darkblade have a regular standard issue ID? No, he burned his social security card long ago. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, he shows like he offers to pay in Bitcoin. Uh-huh. And um, then um, when they say, when they say no, he has, uh, yes, he, no. he leans into Welker and asks him to mm-hmm. order him a drink. Yeah, because apparently this guy has never like experienced yeah. ordering at a restaurant uh, <laughs> recently. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's like not drinking. drinking. Yeah, it'll be really right, Can you give me the but... Dolly Rancher flavor, please? And I think I think uh, Detective Winters is like, like, how old are you, kid? My age is confidential. Oh, okay, don't worry. I won't write. I won't take any written notes. You're good. All right. And uh, yeah, I was going to have him do another thing, but that answer is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's he says, information. yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you guys for coming out and meeting me up here. I appreciate it. So what can we do for you, Mr. Winters? Yeah. And I feel that uh, Mr. Welker's time in the corporate world, can he could kind of read at least a little bit of this. Yeah. Some of it was dragging on and he was asking for you to, he was waiting for you to ask him why he wanted to meet with you. Oh, why? That kind of like weird, th- you know what I mean? Like that kind of sure, weird okay. deal. Yeah, like, yeah, it'd be like, um, so- even though I initiated us meeting, you have to ask it and then I can, an- like, he's just so shy. He's always been shy since he was a boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He'll, uh, so like, so what can we do for Mr. Winners? Um, it's a pleasure to hear from you. What- what, what can we do? Listen, I appreciate that you guys took care of that that whole thing with the what the, the escape tiger a couple like a month or two ago. I'll, I'll say at this point, I'll say a couple of months ago, and so that'll give the audience um, the point. And there's a there's a shot behind his back that says, um, "In order to drink, you must have been born on," and it says that it's June. Like June, blah, blah, blah. So like we know it is now the month of June. And so he'll say like a couple months ago, I appreciate that stuff with the tiger that you guys did. Um, It was kind of a pain in the ass. 
But in the end, you guys were able to go out there, find the thing when the animal control folks and that ranger in the, uh, in the state park couldn't handle it. But uh, then, just last month, you were able to find that body of that kid. And um, I think when he says that, there's like a child at the table next to him. And he <laughs> like, like looks and hears that. And he is like a little quieter. Um, but yeah, he's like, you guys were able to find the body of that kid. Which I appreciate. Um, helped us solve that situation. At least we knew where, uh, where that Graves guy had, had ended up. So, I got to ask you this, and this is a big pain in my ass to come to you like this, but what are you doing, and what is it that I'm missing? What is it that, and by he, when he says I'm, I think he's meaning the police force generally, but he's internalizing this. internalizing personifying it where he's saying I'm he's meaning the police so far as you can kind of tell is there a chance that one of you guys can do uh, kind of like a read a person move and we can pull that just from apocalypse world uh, so I got an eight okay cool so you could ask one of those general questions what's your character really feeling okay so you can tell, um, maybe collectively you guys can figure this out. You can see in um, in his pocket that there is a um, like an unopened pack of cigarettes. Like you, like as he like leans over, you can see in kind of like his breast pocket of his jacket that there's an unopened pack of cigarettes in there. And some maybe one of you remembers him discussing like with uh, Darkblade, like oh. You got to quit smoking. And previously you guys had seen him like going to town on a bunch of chewing gum. And yeah. so he seems to be stressed. So what's he, what he's feeling is probably what he seems to be stressed out. And what he's stressed out about seems to be that, um, there are these investigations that he's not able to solve, but not just, in a standard way, they're things that seemingly baffle him. So you feel kind of this uh, stress and almost a feeling of um, like impotence over this. Where like, I'm stressed out and I have no idea of how to go forward. And so he's finally kind of sucked up his humility to ask you guys, you've been successful in these two crazy situations. What is it that I'm missing? Oh, okay. So if Ashton realizes that, maybe he'll, um, you know, take another uh, onion petal, just finish that and just like, oh, well, um, no, detective, you know, I don't think, I I mean, maybe I could probably speak for the, the, the rest, the other, other two f- folks too, but um, we couldn't have done any of that without you. Like that, that was all very, like the, the police and you in particular were like really integral to those. Um, you know, cases that we just kind of happen happen to, you know, get really lucky through. I don't think, um, you know, we would have got nearly as as far, or, 
you know, helped as much as we could have. We're just really here to help you. And he's kind of looking to Mr. Welker. Like, Mr. Welker will nod. Yeah, we really, if it's anything, we should be asking you how, I mean, how, how are you so good at those, those cases? Hmm. Okay. I feel, I feel that's he's almost, almost like a, like, yeah. Almost manipulate role. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, don't stress out about it. You're the, you're the star here. Don't even trip dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That seems like a manipulate role. Sure. I'm trying to say like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't stress out. You're cool. Oh no. I was like, Oh, maybe that my move triggers, but it specifies. Oh, when you tell them the truth and I don't think he's telling the truth here. Um, all right. So that is a six plus an eight total. Eight total. Okay, cool. So, and I think he'll just basically, he'll put something forward. And I think that you, I'll just reveal another piece of information about him. Um, talking for a little while with, uh, with Sloan Winters, detective Sloan Winters. He's been on the force for a while. He's been on the force. He had mentioned in the before, like for, I think he'd mentioned this. I'm not a hundred percent, but he's been on there for thir- on the force for 13 or 14 years. So he's been an, a, a, de- a cop and a detective for a while in Palmetto city. And one of the big things is that he wants to be recognized. So this is helping that. Um, the big deal is if he could be recognized to um, the people kind of up the chain of command from him, that would be great. So if there are people who are above him, that could uh, that could be something he'd really appreciate. Oh, and is is Mr. Green realizing this? Or yes, is it everyone. Okay, uh, I think it's I think it's Mr. Green, but he can clue cool. the rest go of you guys it. in pretty easily. No, I, I think he can take this away. No, go uh, go for it. If... Well, I mean, I think that like in character, like you're the one who sort of like got an insight into him, so like you should take it next. Oh yeah. Oh, gotcha. So maybe he'll just like he was already kind of looking at Mister Wilker, just like um, you know. And I'm sure that we can, you know, as part of Lorecore, just as individuals, kind of let everyone know that you're the ones, you were the one taking the reins on these cases to kind of clue Mister Wilker in. And he'll nod and say, "That's exactly right." Um, he'll say, uh, "I think that." as Mr. Green said that you as an individual are integral to the fact that these cases were solved by anybody. Um, in fact, like you've been so helpful to us. If there's any way we can in turn be helpful to you, we would take that opportunity in a heartbeat. It helped both of us. I appreciate it guys. I mean, if you could let, Oof. what is the, What is the Palmetto City Police Department chief's name? Deborah Manifold. Deborah Manifold is a very good name. Neutral Stimulus. Neutral Stimulus is also a pretty good name. 
Oof. Okay. I had a different actor in mind for the police chief, but I can save that person to be the sheriff of the county. Um, ooh, who would be a good actress to play um, police chief Manifold? Um... with actress and actor names i i don't know i was picturing someone like sort of dumpier not kind of unassuming looking but sort of like good at doing stuff all right hmm or you know what we can just go with um she's not dumpy but who's lady who was in fargo well she well we've already said that she's oh, did um, they already use her yeah Never mind. Oh, wait. what about the uh it's just her again the... The cheerleading coach from Glee. She's like Jane something Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. Awesome. It's Jane Lynch. Cool. So Deborah Manifold. Manifold. I'm going to annoyingly change that to Manafort. I'm very annoyed. Or or Manafort. It was actually a part of my vision for the character that it was specifically Manifold. Because it turns out that she's only one of several versions of Deborah across the multiverse. Gotcha. All right. I'll, I'll go with Manifold. Deborah Manifold. Cool. Well, then the rest of it's going to be canon, too. Okay. Yeah. Every time you look at her and you look in her eyes, it's just a swirling black vortex. <laughs> Where you can see what's happening through the eyes of the other Debras. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and you get a sense of how you'll die. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, so he's like, well, if Chief, uh, if Chief Manifold could could know that more often, I I wouldn't be pissed about it. The big thing is, fellas, I really... I appreciate your help with this stuff. I just gotta know what's going on. I mean, again, the department, everybody appreciates the donations that the company makes. But why, why, the, why, looking, into, why looking into these kind of cases? There's plenty of other cases that that everybody could use help on. Um, and Mr. Welker will shrug and say, well, you know who we work for. Um, and honestly, there, uh, we, um, the, you know how it is with these large corporations is, uh, they have their hand in a lot of pots. Uh, it's no secret that we're there on their behalf. Um, and they just have access to resources that the average, you know, local uh, local R and D wouldn't. So, in the interest of helping out whatever way they can, they they fund all kinds of different, uh, you know, research based ventures like this. And I think I think you guys have succeeded well enough on enough of these roles that Detective Winters kind of. Uh, he finishes, he finishes his beer. He kind of signals to the waitress to get him a, another one. And he'll say, well, again, you guys just keep helping me out however you can. And I'll, I'll let you know what, I'll let you know what I can because ideally, like I said, if uh, Chief Manifold's hitting retiring age pretty soon and, uh, Moving up the moving up the ladder wouldn't be something that upset would upset me too much, and so yeah, like I said, I wanted to 
provide you guys like a little insight into his deal is that like this guy is someone who wants to move up the ladder within uh, the ranks of the police. Absolutely. And like Mr. Wolf would be all about like encouraging that and genuinely trying to do that because having him be higher up would be amazing. My thought is that we have a scene with Darkblade um, and we kind of see some of his family life that we had learned about previously. Specifically, guess who comes home to have dinner with the family? Fucking Brian. It's Brian, baby. Oh Brian, your, old, your, your younger brother, Brian Mock, comes home. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, he's got a full so, head of hair. But- oh, who, who plays him, too? Oh, who does who does play him? Oh, I it's gotta be um if you've seen Step Brothers, mm-hmm. it's gotta be the guy who played um Adam Scott. The guy who does the wine and uh the Sonoma wine the, the helicopter the, the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Catalina wine mixer. It's gonna be a mixture of him and also um oh key. Oh, um, did you hear that one? When when Key Oh, I didn't hear that one. No, did you no sorry. My stomach just was like, that's a nice way of saying he tooted. Um, It'll come out later. There's a great key and peel sketch. Uh, and um, that's really what I'm picturing is uh, this key and peel sketch is just brilliant. It's about, um, and key plays like a successful, like kind of high road older brother who just is also trying to, you know, be nice to his younger brother who would be dark blade here. And okay. um, well, I think we said last time that Brian is the younger brother. Uh, okay, so if he's a younger brother, that's mm-hmm. that fits great, you know, with either of those scenarios. Adam um, Scott is pretty perfect, by the way. Is Adam Scott the guy from Step Brothers? Yeah, such a yeah. punchable face. Yeah, 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 yeah. That he's would be the brother, road you go down. Yeah, Step Brothers, Parks and Rec, the Piranha yeah. movies. Oh, the guy who plays Ben in Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that he plays so many like douche like funny douchebags when like the role i know him best for is like this super sweet like guy nice guy yeah what role he's really that? good in the, the good correct. place too oh, if you've seen good yeah good I, place he's I, great. i've seen yeah. most of the good place and yes he's great in that uh, okay can we talk about all right one more movie mm-hmm. have you guys seen Airbud? <laughs> i've seen air i've seen santa paws and the Air Buddies move, uh, the one about them saving Christmas. Yeah, the I you, the Labrador. I, I think it was just one Labrador who played him the whole time. I, great. Or Airbud Golden Receiver, the mm-hmm. often overlooked rec- uh, sequel about the football dog. Yeah, I think I would be an advocate for them to make every sport an Airbud version of it. <laughs> yeah. So there's like Airbud, Speed Ultimate Frisbee, it'd be speed pretty skating, easy. Ultimate Frisbee, which dogs actually play frisbee, so that wouldn't be mm-hmm. too crazy. Airbud, ice hockey, field hockey, yeah, air hockey. Yeah. All the kinds of hockey. Um, Quidditch. Quidditch. Yeah, there's like like Harry Potter bud. Mm-hmm. Um All right, to bring it back to yeah. this game. If you guys right. ever get a chance to see another movie that I saw, Alex. <laughs> Just kidding. There. So, Roller Gator. Um, <laughs> so, okay, we see like an exterior shot of uh, Darkblade's house. This is a house that we've seen before. It's getting to be uh, nighttime, but unlike in previous times that we've been here, there's an additional car in the driveway. 
And that car is a pretty nice car. It's nothing too crazy, but it's a... Uh, what's a good car that's not like... What do you think? A car that's not not wild, but you're like, damn, it's a Mercedes E class. It's like not not the S class, you know. Uh, it's still a nice Mercedes, but um, yeah, or like, or maybe a crossover. What if it was like an an Audi like crossover? Or is that too nice? Okay, I, I'm I'm down with an Audi or like crossover a- is for the family, so you can fit your kids in there. You know, it's the real real power move you pull when you want to drive that into your when you want to like pull into your younger brother's driveway and really slap your dick across his face you drive a crossover well again he's your older brother or no no, he's your younger brother you're the older brother yeah that i I meant when you want to drive in front you know even worse in your older brother's driveway who lives with mom and dad you want to slap your dick across his face you drive the crossover and Mm -hmm. it's german okay Okay. Yeah. So he's got an Audi SUV, yeah. right? So he's got this Audi SUV, mm-hmm. and uh, we see that parked in the um, in the driveway. And but jokes on him because these new cars all have computers and microphones in them. So the NSA definitely knows everything about all your affairs you're having, Brian. <laughs> yeah, idiot. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um. So Brian is younger. We said that Darklade's twenty nine. Brian is younger. I'm imagining Brian's not a lot younger. He's maybe like 27, 26, 27, something like that. He's not much younger. Yeah. Okay. So he's 26 or 27 years old, but he's got this really nice car that he it's pulled. A, it's a, yeah. Yeah. Did he fly into town? Maybe it's a rental or did oh, he drive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing is does, does Brian have, does Brian have a family? Yes, he does. Yes. So it says like He's, baby on board. There's that sticker in the, in the back of the thing. Yeah. It's got two stick figures, a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then like a stick figure of a, of a young, you know, of a little stick figure and then a stick figure of a dog. Nice. Yeah. So he's got that stuff on there and we come in and we see, uh, yeah, Adam Scott, or we see a, a picture of a picture. We see a shot of, Dark Blade angrily eating. Um, oh, we're gonna pan around to each of their faces. We'll do this painting the scene. How can we automatically tell that um, this is a un- this is an uncomfortable family dinner? Well, first of all, <laughs> the family dinner started before I got there, and Dad's back too. So, oh. Oh, Ooh, can we have? Can we have your dad not be back based on in the past we said that he like walked out? Yeah, but now that Brian's in town, dad came back and he's eating dinner with mom. All right. For the first time in your life or this they're together. They're together. So that's first of all, that's enough of a shock. And to see Brian sitting at the head of the dinner table uh, and mom and dad on each side of him. Um, and there's no plate made for dark blade. Uh, that's this is that's sad. pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is are you are you married to your dad being there? Because I had like a thing based on the fact that we said that he left earlier. Could oh, we bring Could we bring him in another time? Or, is, um, or, or, or are you like no? If he he's got to be there for this scene to really get cooking. 
I really think he's got to be there for the scene okay. to get cooking. And, and he's, he's there. There's going to be some weird, there's going to be some weird gaps in my understanding of what's going on. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Well, his uh, mom is like, Oh, 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 Herbert. It's okay. I, I made you a plate. It's in the kitchen. You, you get yourself a plate and sit down. And Herbert's like, well, what'd you make? What's for dinner? I'm not just going to get a plate of something if I don't like it. And then Brian's like, Herbert, it's so good to see you. Oh my God. Have you been big bro? (laughs) I'd like to get, I'd like to get someone else in here to, to play with that in mind. I'd like to get, I'd like to get DJ in here to play big bro, Brian. So (laughs) Brian, remember Brian is your younger brother. (laughs) Little bro, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, but so, he just thinks of him that way because just about how much more accomplished he is. Yeah, like he, I'm in character right now. It's really hard okay. for me. Yeah. <laughs> so stuff. All right. So we see that. Let's let's just go around the table here. So we see that first and foremost, um, dinner has been served, and there wasn't a plate necessarily made for Dark Blade, mm-hmm. um, at least on the table. Mm-hmm. Can we also I like, see that? I'd like Carl to be um, mom. And Austin, you can be dead. All right. So all four of us get a seat at this table. And we're here to heal Alex, uh, Dark Blades trauma <laughs> together. <laughs> so, so you come back up and, um, all right. Uh, what else? Well, we, we already threw out so much. I want to just fucking get moving with this. This, this is the most intense scene of the Chronicle yeah. so far. I yeah. So yeah, and Brian, you're going to be announcing that you're getting. Oh shit! There's an alarm. Be right back. Hold on. Uh, I just, just this keeps getting more. I was like, is that me? <laughs> okay. Uh, would you guys want to pick who his dad is? Who could who's be the Adam? actor? You mean? Yeah, who's the actor who plays? Uh, or what actor would be? Um, Brian Mock Senior, who is Dark Blade and Brian's dad. John Goodman. We've had John Goodman so many times. We already had John Goodman? Seriously? Not Where? in this game, but in other games, oh, okay. we've definitely had him in there. Um, Yeah, I'm down. I have John Goodman in here. I, I'm totally down for somebody else. I was just thinking he's a good mix of, like, ridiculous buffoon and also, like, super intimidating. Yeah, let's go. Let's go John Goodman. Oh, wait. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. I saw a really good thing where... uh. The guy who plays Littlefinger is like an estranged dad, and mm-hmm. he looks pretty amazing. That does sound pretty good. Let's do and that. He, and he, I think, looks a little bit more like Adam Scott than John Goodman does. Let, let's let's do that. Do you know that actor's name? I uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll try and look Game for it. Was good. <laughs> Say again. I knew that name back when Game of Thrones was good. Back when it was worth knowing things about it. Okay. All right. So. We see that this is a very awkward dinner. We hear a beeping in the background after Dark Blades. Dark Blades come up out of the basement and he's pissed oh, off that there's that no the dinner play. I have to take that out of the oven or else it's going to it's going to drop. Else, yeah. Or else it's going to drop, oh, sweetie. And if you like go and give a kiss to your estranged dad and a warm smile to Brian. Uh, no. Oh man. And your dad who again is named Brian Mock. And uh, your younger brother is named after your father. Mm-hmm. And uh, your dad's like, "Well, it's it's good to it's good to see you there, son. I'm glad that you uh, glad that you 
came up for dinner, I was hoping that uh, we didn't want to bug you. We didn't know if you were doing something real important. We heard you got a new, your mom said you got a new job and you had to even have people over here to, she was saying to keep them safer, to make sure that nothing was, uh, nothing was bothered, that, that you got a job, but it involves computers. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, who knows? Brian's into such such things like we couldn't possibly understand. I'm just so proud that he's really found his way in the world. I was referencing uh, Herbert at that point, but oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dear. Of course, Herbie. You well, we know what Brian. Well, because we know what Brian does. Too. Shut up, mom. <laughs> Dad was speaking. <laughs> I, and I think he ten of his like. He slaps his hands down on the table and is like, well, you don't need to. I appreciate you standing up for me, but I, you don't need to yell. I just feel like, feel like everybody's just being so mean to dad right now. And they need to chill out and be nice. And uh, Brian, I think is like going to walk up behind dad and, and, and rub his shoulders. (laughs) Well, Brian so far has been pretty quiet about this. Maybe Brian was expecting this. It's okay, Dad. I know you haven't been home in a while. I just want to make sure you feel... I just want to make sure you feel home here. Just like when you left it. (laughs) Oh, oh, Brian. Herbie's taken it so hard since you've been gone. But it's okay because we're a family now. Brian is home and Brian is home. I think... um, and I know maybe Brian could point out. Wait, why is Brian home? Nobody told me Brian was going to be home today. Um, why are I, you home, Brian? I think Brian is perhaps the soberest one in this situation, at least in demeanor, not necessarily in uh, toxicity levels here or alcohol or intoxicant levels. But maybe Brian is the one who, uh, I don't know if David is not hopping in. But I think maybe Brian oh, is the one. I forgot I was supposed to be Brian. I was looking up this if, actor's name. If you don't want to be Brian, I will do it. All right. So I think Brian is the one who points out in very Adam Scott, like, are we not going to point out that uh, we haven't seen dad for eight years? I know. Why is everybody getting on his case? Now, boys, you know, Brian has 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 been through a lot. Okay. But he's still your father, and you know we can be—we're a family. We've always been a family. We'll always be a family, especially now that Brian and Brian are home. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that a lot, Mom. I really, really do, and I'm—I'm I'm glad that you guys—you made—you made dinner, and I'm, Dad. I'm glad you appreciate my my career, and you said a lot of nice things. But yeah, you left a while ago, and. I'm glad that you're back now, but at the same time, you really, you were gone for a long time. Like, I've already gotten married and had a kid, and this is the first time we're seeing you in eight years, or seven years, whatever number I said before. Yeah, and this whole time, I've been taking care of mom and keeping this whole family afloat, all right? All right, and I think your dad chimed, Brian Brian Sr. chimes in, and he's like, well, your brother's a systems analyst, um for a finance company. I think he's not exactly been letting things go. And I've been sending your mom 
sending your mom money here and there when I can. I things aren't always things aren't haven't always been great, but and you know, we're so proud of both of you. You know, you're both doing your best. It's just wonderful to have you back here with, with me and Herbie. So, um, yeah, okay. you didn't answer. Why are you here, Brian? And uh, your brother, your brother, <laughs> Darkblade runs away from the table. <laughs> Darkblade's like, hold on, oh, my work, my work, like figuring still in the kiln. Sometimes um, when he has too much of that mount, that red Mountain Dew, he just gets so fidgety. And I think your uh, Brian Junior is like, like the amount of red dye in that stuff is going to cause him to is his. I'd say it would stunt his growth, but he's already twenty nine years old. So, you know, if it won't stunt his growth, then it'll probably make him sterile at this point. I worry about him. He's running with these new friends and they get him out of the house, which is really wonderful. But he's up at all hours in the daytime going out. And uh, and and sometimes he just seems to be preoccupied with the strangest things. So I heard uh, mom says and he's maybe saying this to Darkblade, maybe Darkblade's busy shoving. Um, what's the dinner, Carl? Oh, it's obviously uh, the family guy dinner. Which is always meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and beans. Meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and beans like green beans, like string beans. Yeah, or, or okay. Beans. I can't remember, but they're always eating the same thing. Do you ever notice that? In the old old Simpsons episodes, it was just gray slop. Oh, in Family Guy, it's in, always like meatloaf and mashed potatoes. The um. Okay, yeah. So it's meatloaf, mashed potato, and mashed potatoes, and peas, and they're all from the package. Like all of these are just warmed up in like twenty minutes. She's like, I awesome. cooked a fabulous banquet. Like, look what I made. Um, yeah, so Darkblade is just stuffing this meatloaf into his mouth, and um, while he's doing that, I think Brian will say, like, yeah, Mom, I heard, uh, I heard Herbert's got a girlfriend. Oh, Herbert, Mom told me you got a girlfriend, and I think your dad's like, oh, good job there. Yay, so maybe, maybe you'll have to, maybe all that uh, stunted growth stuff isn't true there, Brian. I've been getting chicks since like the fourth grade okay i um don't know what the big deal is okay <laughs> and actually this this is a good this is a good opportunity to bring this up and uh uh carl as as we're gonna have uh, way more dark. kids than brian will and um we're in much more love than brian is too so i don't really go the big deal is i think brian's like it's not a competition herbert oh you boys were always so competitive so, Carl, um, what I think in this point, um, Herbert's mom would bring up that he always weirdly was charming with girls. Yeah. But she'll bring it up not only in a way of like like a mom being like, oh, but you're so handsome because you're my kid. She'll she'll have like some aspect that like the audience knows, oh, this guy weirdly at times is charming to people. Oh, okay. I'm glad that's where you're going with that. Yeah, um, that, that, the whole idea is that like this guy who should be repellent to a lot of folks, right? Like he has like like that a he hasn't maybe he hasn't charm. had a lot of girlfriends, but he has a weird charm to him. Sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't you remember? Herbie had that one lovely girl in community college. What was her name? Uh, G- Greta Gretchen. It was Gerbert, mom. Oh, Gerbert. Oh, Gerby Bear. Whatever happened to Gerby? 
What happened to Gerby Bear, Herbie? She moved to Idaho, Mom. Just well, shut up. Oh, but you, you were, you, you seem to know so much about her after she left. You always knew where she was, and you had what was it? The IP tracking. Oh, it, it was so sweet. Well, Mom, it, just having a couple. Look, Mom, stop. Just stop it, Mom. I. That you was know, she was tall. She was following me that, too. I'm sure. She, and your dad chimes tall. in, Gerbert, like the orange baby who loved Jesus. What are you talking about? You it's Hungarian, beautiful babies, <laughs> and it's <was> beautiful. <laughs> oh man, fuck! <laughs> I was really looking and, forward to having. And I'm pretty sure she was following my IP address and tracking me too because um, after I posted all that stuff um, after my Twitter account got uh, blocked and banned and um, I posted that stuff about 9-11 there were a lot of there's a lot of traffic on it got blocked because you accused George Clooney and kept posting over and over and over again that he was the one responsible for 9-11 and that the movie Syriana was an attempt to cover it up. That's why you got banned from Twitter. I, your younger brother says. Well, Brian, not you know. I, I, evidence was there. The evidence proved who's George Clooney's wife, huh? Where is she from? Does that answer your question, Brian? Now, Kirby, don't don't get in one of your fits. It's okay. Where is she from? Where is she from? <laughs> I think your dad is like everybody calm down everybody calm down now okay i gotta i gotta jump in here for this scene because it's hilarious <laughs> it's hilarious but we got to get some information out about about this how is it that the audience learns why dark blade's dad left it was um so how does the audience learn? Like, do, I've mm-hmm. I've got some reasoning based on some other stuff that Ooh. you can add some details into, know. but I don't I know. Think... If we... oh, go, go ahead, go actually, ahead. go ahead. No, I, I don't actually have anything. Okay, uh, just an idea, but I'd like to hear Carl's too. But um, perhaps he's like, "Wow, it's so clean in here." Um, what happened with all those pizza boxes? And he's just hinting at that she used to be a hoarder, oh, and so, so he left her. Yeah, he left her because she was a hoarder, and. Um, and uh, that, that's uh, my idea, but that's it's pretty, it's pretty dark. Oh, and we can go with that. And then Herbie would always, also sometimes as a child, like leave things around. So we just assumed that like he was so messy that his father left. Yeah, I'm all. I think if Herbert was to blame for his father leaving, that's that's great too. I all right. That... So, okay. Then I'm I'm going to give you guys some information, and let's maybe maybe the F. Okay, hold on. All right. So Tell me about after, Gerber. <laughs> yeah. No, after after Darkblade posted his uh um got banned from Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and LiveJournal, um, all in one fell swoop. He uh dad started seeing a lot of vans parked around the street. And um this wasn't too long after nine eleven, and there were um you know he, he was like we, you know, he's doing these things on the computer. He's doing these things on the computer. He shouldn't be doing. And, um, mom was always defending him 
and um, just so that you know he was he was special and that he he was talented and that he needed to and, and nurtured his uh, his his confidence in himself. And Dad got spooked by all the spooks that were. Wait, is spook the word for FBI agents? Yeah, yes, but it, yeah. it can also have some other terms. It also has a racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good I'm gonna retract that word. <laughs> okay. um, that's what I thought. It also okay, but uh, the G man. It can mean ghost. Yeah, it can mean ghost as well. But um, I'd rather use a different word. <laughs> um, the dark way wouldn't use a different word. Yeah, the G men uh, that were hanging around a lot started interfering with his work and, um, you know, dropping by his work. And maybe some people from Lorcorp were even involved at that point. And dad was like, look, he's got to move out or I'm out. Okay. Okay. To go with something that you and I had talked about briefly before, Alex. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to present an idea here. So here's what we learn and we'll if we could get this in and you're welcome to weave as much of that into this as you're welcome to weave a bunch of that into this if we can. Mm-hmm. So I think that Darkblade's dad, so Brian Sr., always thought that Herbert wasn't his son. Oh, OK. Um, even though we, they look similar. Oh yeah, and the doc and doctors like every they, test that doctors ever did basically suggested like you, you know oh your dad has a, a propensity for high blood pressure and this stuff says that you'll possibly have a propensity for high blood pressure so like like everything that doctors did um, you guys look somewhat similar and various medical things suggest that you are indeed related but Brian Senior your dad was always suspicious of the fact of like, like he thought you were not his son. And I think that, um, one of the things, Oh, maybe we have, maybe that's not been done, but I think that, uh, one of the issues is that when, um, around the time that your mother was like pregnant with you and you were born, Brian senior was not around a lot. Maybe he had like a sales job that had him driving around and going to these different places. Um, and I have this idea that I had this idea that your mother was like that your mother and father were trying to have children, but couldn't because of a condition that your father had. Um, but she eventually did become pregnant unexpectedly. That that's the thing that I came up with based on Alex, what you and I had discussed. Hmm. We don't have to stick with that, but I like the idea of basically implying that Herbert is possibly magical in some capacity. Maybe he was and born so, with green skin. Maybe he was born with green skin. I think maybe it'll go a little bit more subtle than that, but um, no, really, right when he came out, he was there watching. Right, while he was being pulled out, and he was green <laughs> for like one or two seconds. And he was like, and then he he looked like a baby, a normal baby again. 
Maybe it was Goblin Blood. Sure, that's a possibility. Mom. But yeah, so I think that that's that's the deal that like your your father had like that had been part of the big issue within your his relationship with your mom was that he was like, oh, I don't think I'm my eldest son's father. Even though as you've grown up, you've started to look more like him. Um, you even have some like similar medical conditions to him. It's like, oh, we both have slight eczema. Like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Psoriasis on our elbows. We both breathe in and out. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. When we put food up our butts, we don't get the same result as when we put it down our mouth holes. Yeah. We both like pudding. Yeah. A lot. But so that's my that's my suggestion. If we could figure out like a way that that could come out, we kind of let this devolve into very, very hilarious stuff. And okay. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But if I, I want some of this stuff to come out, and I am not completely 100% married to exactly all this stuff, slash we could add details and that kind of thing. Well, I think that I'm going to look at Carl here. And um... hey, fuckers, I'm an elf. Deep voiced elf. A deep voiced elf comes in. Yeah. He delivers a pizza and he's there to fuck. Yeah. Brian, are you okay? (laughs) Sorry. Sometimes my recessive elf genes just really get to me. And then he shoots arrows into everyone at the table. Yeah. (gasps) Then Shadowrun style, one of you turns into a troll, the other into a dwarf, and the other one sprouts a hacking kit. In their forearm. Mm-hmm. Now we're playing Shadowrun, boys. Roll your character. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so... Typical Brian. Typical Brian. But yeah, I think that Brian is... I think that Brian kind of... You good? Oh yeah, I'm great. Oh no. How is this moving that microphone so much? Oh. So okay. I think that Brian, is, Brian Jr. is in a position where he's like... He's pushing for like... Wait a minute why this is weird. Like dad was gone for a very long time. And um, what's the, what's the tipping point that we have to learn some of this information. And what mom. Uh, oh, say something like, I think it'd be easiest for mom to. Sure. To on uh, I'll be like, um, you know, I was, um, I was trying to help out Herbie by filling out um, – well, I took I took some initiative, and I was going to help Herbie fill out – I was looking for places for Herbie to live, maybe just in case he wanted to sort of, you know – he seemed like he was going out with his friends a lot more, and I thought he could maybe look into having his own place. And I, I, I just put some applications for him, and some places required his birth certificate. Uh, and it just got me thinking, you know um, – how you know, Brian, you never were really interested in that part of Herbie's life, but I think it's important he knows where he came from. I don't know who's going to take care of you, Mom, if I don't live here. I mean, everybody, you know, who's going to take care of Mom, guys? Everybody else abandoned her, and I'm the woman left who loves you, Mom, and now, now Brian certainly doesn't. That's why he has his... Uh, his, <laughs> his that's why he has his uh, little white picket fence and and um, just because little- I moved and got a job and got married and had a family of my own doesn't mean I don't love our mother. What are you talking about? 
now Brian had to spread his wings and fly, Herbie. And it's true for you, too. And you know, you don't have to worry about me because I was provided for uh, when you came into this world. That's how you came to be. And just like I, you were provided to me, um, you know, the angels are going to provide for me when you leave. Mom. So hold on. I'm going to move. The, I'm going to kick this in the butt. Uh, how do we learn this aspect that um, Brian Sr. left because he didn't think Herbert was his son? I'm trying to say that right now. Like I'm saying, okay. like, you're an immaculate conception. When you leave, God's going to take care of me. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe then, maybe Brian Jr. just what says, are you like, talking about, Mom? I don't. And I'll say, well, you know, we don't talk about it a lot. And she'll like try and reach for Brian Senior's hand, and maybe he's like sort of skittering away. Be like, but you know, Herbie, uh, Brian's a wonderful father, but he's not your daddy. And I think Brian Junior will be like, like look, look at these two. They look incredibly alike. What do you mean he's not his dad? Well, listen, he raised him, and, you know, as we all understand, that makes him his father, but, but Herbie, your daddy's, your daddy's Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, indeed, in the background. <laughs> okay. Mom. So, Jesus, you're Jesus' boy, Herbie. <laughs> this, this went off the rails, man. Did this is too crazy. <laughs> so, I think Brian will just be no man. We gotta we gotta go back. Mom, did you have a Mountain Dew today? Literally says she was impregnated by herself in a garden. All right, it says immaculate conception in the text. Okay, Mom, yeah. Right. So then, in that case, Brian Junior is just like Mom. Herbert and I both look like Dad. Herbert even has the same uh, psoriasis. That dad has. Look at their elbows. The Lord works in subtle and mysterious ways. But I tell you, I never lay with your father nine months before he was born. That was the day that I was in the garden meditating on the mysteries. I <laughs> don't Brian know. Knows this. Brian knows this. Brian Sr. It'd be like, this is why you guys shouldn't come here unannounced without any invitation. You're Mom misses you guys, and you're she's prone to having a stroke if you guys are just gonna show up here and surprise her like this. And I think Brian Jr. is like, Well, it seems somebody does need to take care of her if this is what's going on here. This is nuts. This is nuts, Herbert. This is nuts, Dad. And he like yells at Brian Sr. DJ pushing to get in here. Yeah, if, if you're trying to, I don't know if you're trying to wrap this up, but I have uh, the perfect time to end this whenever you're ready. I'm an elf, and here's this pizza to fuck. That was it. That again? no, the um, uh, yeah, I'm Please. okay. So did we, we? We got this stuff out, but we got it out so crazily. What part Edmund, of this premise wasn't crazy exactly? I think it it is for sure insane. You're right. You've got a point. That's <laughs> on me. Listen, the literal text you provided was you was immaculately conceived. <laughs> I mean, where was I? Where, where, how did we bring that down a notch exactly? <laughs> yeah, I would love it too if I was like immaculately conceived and then born two weeks later. 
Yeah. Oh, but he said nine months. He said nine months. When, so, from an egg. Yeah. From a yeah. giant ostrich egg. Yeah. yeah, that oh my god, yes. Cold yeah, from an egg would be great. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, me mom laid an egg and then nine months later <laughs> I hatched out of it. <laughs> it's me, Gerbert. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was named Herbert. She was in the herb garden. When uh she's the herb getting some herb. When that egg dropped. Listen, she's Hungarian. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah it's just how they do things over there. Just put a little put a little paprika on there, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um okay. all right, but are, are, is this where we're ending the scene though, Austin? Oh Jesus Christ, please. It hit us. All right, what do yeah, you I got? think I think just the uh the last scene of this is then the camera pans over to um, this blonde woman, this blonde, very pregnant woman who's been standing there the whole time. And she just like has eaten like three bites of this plate. And she's like, <laughs> uh, Brian, can we get a hotel, please? And just looks uh, terrified. And he says, and Brian says, this is my real mom. <laughs> no, that is good. That is a good way to end that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. One minute, please. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Oh man, like I feel like Blade's really growing a lot character <laughs> this scene. <laughs> I <clears throat> that was extremely, extremely funny. I don't know if you could tell me crying of how funny that was. <laughs> Her name was Gerbert. <laughs> Do you remember that little orange Muppet who loved Jesus named Gerbert? You don't remember? I think feel like I'd have, I've been laughing even harder if I had. That doesn't ring any bells. <laughs> uh, God, I want to check it on the Blade household like once a session now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. What I was trying to do was get the idea that like, oh that there's there's no logical reason to have this thought that um that herbert is not brian senior's son but that he had some kind of weird suspicion something didn't feel right and he left now all evidence the way he looks various medical conditions whatever suggest it's fine uh herbert and his younger brother brian look enough like one another where it's like okay well it also, and they both look somewhat like their father. So it would suggest further that like this idea that he wasn't Brian senior's son is not really accurate. Okay. So she, so he is, you are going for, <laughs> he is, he is his son. By for all intents and purposes that, that anyone can know. So did I just misread this? when she genuinely believes that like this was an immaculate conception because it's entirely possible i misread this well yeah dark blade's mom well, the idea is that she would imply these were notes for myself so first of all i should have maybe told you that that she can imply herbert was an immaculate conception as opposed to just being like your dad's jesus <laughs> Your dad's Jesus. We never fucked. Um, you were born. 
He laid his hands on me. He touched my he, he, he touched my tummy for a second, and then you popped out <laughs> as an egg. And yeah, so I might have to work on that. I think you have a solid ingot of gold in your hands, and uh, I don't know how you improve on that. That man, that's like, boy, oh boy, that's gonna be rough. That's like I got a bunch of soup all over, but I just want one thing out of the soup. How do I make sure it doesn't taste like any of the other things? Anyway, but it was to connect to some other things that I think you can figure out pretty easily. I, I anyway. know I don't. I actually don't know what you're, if you're like uh, referencing something. Oh, um, that she went to a little B and B. Um, in the suburbs, it's now suburbs. So you're saying she like had like a, a guy on the side, like a rich guy. I'll just come out and say, I think she went to Matlock's garden. I would and, not have gotten that in a thousand years. In reading this, I can understand that completely. I think she ended up going to that garden somehow, and that somehow, oh. Like her pregnancy was enchanted, or she was like that totally works. Like she could be this crazy character who offers this completely off the wall explanation. Then later on, it's like, yeah. oh, she was she was right about half of it. Like, it is crazy. It's just a little somewhere. different crazy. That totally works. Okay, pulling that stuff out of that is going to be rough. <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you need to pull that explanation out of what we just did. Like mm -hmm. what we just did be like, oh, she genuinely she, she's a crazy person who thinks you were an immaculate conception. And then later it's like she wasn't wrong about the fact that you came from somewhere unnatural. It just wasn't what she thought it was. Ooh, would this be too heavy handed in editing if that dinner scene ends and the dad and the younger brother walk out and there's a conversation between them just kind of clarifying what's going on? I don't. Or is that too like here's exposition of what just happened? What part of what? Part do you feel like is missing? Part part of what I think is going to be tough is going back and siphoning out as much as I can out of that without being it being too crazy. Because is it, like, the offense, was it like offensive? Oh, that it wasn't was offensive amazing. at all. Yeah. It was hilarious. I feel keep all that. That was pretty much gold. Yeah, it's, I guess like I don't get what part you want to get rid of. Okay, maybe for especially the inter the inter mystery <laughs> sessions, maybe they can be a lot sillier. Maybe we'll keep the ass worms and keep. <laughs> Well, the Astros is one thing, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one thing to have like. A, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I think we're about to say the same thing. I think uh, like Dark Blade is pretty much uh, the the silly uh, the silly kind of PC of all of us. And it's not even Dark Blade; it's his family. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got a point. Assworms, yes, for sure. You should probably mm -hmm. take those out. It's like oh. whatever the real story is. It could be something very like very explainable, but it's not that crazy to have relatives who believe insane things. True enough. I'll give you and that. They they birthed a son who is now a conspiracy theorist. True. The lizard people. Lizard people. Uh, okay. Right. So, so, so yeah, I should probably get out of here at like ten. So I should probably go uh, first. I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll we'll. I think we can make this a little more quick. Um. So this scene is about you and uh, Regan. Good. Yeah. So am I Gilbert or? Well, there's no uh, Gilbert is. Gilbert is Regan's brother. Uh, no. So Regan and Ashton, I think, have been um, maybe looking into some of that imagery that she had shown him. If you remember at the end of our last mystery, she brought this book that had uh, like an image that related to voodoo that was somewhat similar to one of 
Alan Graves, um, who, by the way, the joke with that is his name is All N Graves. Oh, um, nice. yeah, but so, uh, but so Alan Graves is. Uh, do, you, do you see the picture I put? Was just a young Vincent Price. Awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's his birthday, so everyone eat a little bit of ghost meat tonight. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think she had shown you that image. It was like a I much do that more, every night. It was a much more dear. Oh, damn. Um, I had a poltergasm, but so she had shown you this image from like uh, a book that was about voodoo. And she had basically brought up like, Hey, the Magnolia place mansion used to be a slave plantation. It's possible that there's a connection to voodoo from this mansion that Alan Graves family owned. Um, and I think she showed you this. Um, I think the scene with her is maybe more of you guys on a date discussing this information of what you found. So the two of you are just at the University of West Central Florida Library, you think? Oh, do you want to... I mean, this will be hard harder work for Austin unless he wants to delegate these NPCs, but what if... Well, that went really, the, really well before. Yeah, which it was, is why. It was, it, was actually, it was actually hilarious. I really did enjoy it, but it... it yeah. It, it, it confused the shit out of me at times. Oh yeah. So what if we were talking to a uh, Rosalind Lester, right? She's the, the professor that's an expert on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So where are you guys talking to her? Are you just talking to her in her office? Did you awkwardly catch her at like the school no. uh, cafeteria? And she's like, like, Oh, I shouldn't have come in here. No. So, um, let's channel the real like uh professors at UCF that what was that like garbage, like uh only for professors um, like jazz bar next to UCF. Do you remember what that was called? I do not only for professors jazz bar. It, I think it was in the yeah. same plaza as a uh, lazy moon was. Well, one of you is cooler than the other, obviously. Yeah, apparently there was, there was underground it's Austin. <laughs> oh, was... underground blues. That might've been it. Ooh, okay. Did you never go oh, in there? I did, only because my professors were like, oh, okay. I'll meet you here because I'm the cool professor. Okay. And I was that like, been, I've only been, been here cool with other professors. professors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was Every like, time uh, I met a professor outside of their office, it was like underground blues. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Awful. Yeah, so there's there's a there's a bar nearby. There's like a bar and cafe called oh, Underground so Underground Tunes. Yeah, perfect. Underground Tunes. Take out the other stuff in case any of the professors listen. Yeah, but it's spelled T O O N S, and it's weird. There's cartoon people there. Roger Rabbit's there. Jessica no, Rabbit's no. there. You, you gotta. But it's filthy. They they just straight up fuck. I hate all this. No. Okay. How, how are you going to appeal to boomers here, Austin? <laughs> it's a. Uh, Oh, what would it be like? Uh, something about records, like a mm-hmm. revolution. Ooh, records it's, yeah, or something. It's called, it's called yeah, revolutions, records, and uh, records and rum, or I don't know. yeah, revolutions, records, and rye. It's like a whiskey bar. Perfect. Yeah, real, real cool. And so you just have like, um, 
it's a very, very hipster crowd, but it's a little bit more expensive, so it kind of... I feel yeah. it almost has a stardusty kind of vibe to it. Yeah, you got it. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. And usually it's just professors that go here. She's like, this is my favorite place. And I think maybe we start with Ash, Ashton kind of looking at the menu, and they're all mm -hmm. like... 14, 14, 12, 13, like cocktails. Yeah. He's like, uh, do you want to split one, Regan? And yeah, she's like, she's like, just, just get, just get something. It's fine. Uh, do you, do you have anything on draft? And a guy comes over and he's wearing the like old timey, um, the, the leather apron kind of a thing. And he's like yeah. uh, a mixologist and he's like, what kind of pro flavor profile are you looking for? And um, we kind of see that, and we get a close-up of Ashton being like, what? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, so he orders something. Oh, maybe the guy, like, he talks for a while, and he just stares at you like, what's going on? And he just... um, You see... You see he, like, pours something below the counter and gives it to you and says, I'll put that on your tab. Don't worry. And he just throws a can of PBR in the garbage. Uh -huh. But a full can. Yeah. <laughs> and he types in $7 into the cash register. Yeah. So, all right. So you're you're sitting there and... Um, yeah. And maybe if we have some time before the professor shows up, right? Um, mm -hmm. He's like, oh, Reagan. Um, you know, I've been looking into um, like voodoo and voodoo stuff um and these kind of symbols i know like you you're really good at researching and things um but yeah here's some some uh you know sketches and stuff i made i don't know if if they look familiar to you but and she'll look through it and um are they the sketches from alan graves other those other symbols connected to that case yeah for sure okay they're just dicks there are just a hundred pages of dicks. <laughs> Pictures of Gerber. Do, do any of these look great to you? Um, she says, they, the curvature is very st strangely complicated. Now, um, do you like the veins or are oh, they too much? Um, so I think that if you show her these images from like Alan Graves, other things, Mm -hmm. Um, she can, um, I think she can like connect some of them with other stuff. And she's like, I think I looked in Dr. Lester's book, one of her books. And she said that, uh, like wasps were a thing. So this wasp image kind of makes a lot of sense. Is this supposed to be like, like a, like smoke or a pyre or something? I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I can explain the definition of pyre for you if you want. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought you were just mispronouncing fire. Oh, I'm so I'm so Oops. Such a silly. I'm such a silly goose. <laughs> and then... <laughs> that was a joke for you, Austin. I know. I I got it. And then she goes honk honk, and she flies away. <laughs> she sucked into the plane and in plane's engine. Um. <laughs> So she'll tell you, like, she's like, I looked up that mansion. 
Mm-hmm. And I found out some stuff about the place. It was it was built in the 1830s, so like pretty close to when Florida became a state. It was um, it was always pretty small, and then um, based on some accounts that I read um, around the time of the Civil War, all the slaves escaped. Oh, it was like a plantation kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. And she's like, it was, <clears throat> but the, the, yeah, I was trying to look into some other, some other stuff. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we should really look into with this? Well, um, I guess not just all these symbols, uh, Hopefully they're they're done with now, but I don't know. I just want to make sure that they never get used again. I guess really. The symbols. Yeah, these in this notebook. She'll be like, "What?" What were some of those folks? What were some of those people saying? I heard that there was some kind of that Bella White before she died. She was seeing visions. There was a rumor going on about that, that somebody at the hospital overheard her interview with the police. Not her interview. The security guard who shot her's interview with the police. Is that what happened? Oh, Gus Miller. No, don't worry about him. Uh, I mean, who? What? Um, What I meant by that was that... um, no, those symbols, I mean, some people think they're real and they put, you know, I don't know, like a unhealthy attachment to them and they think they can do things. So I just want to make sure that, you know, they're not showing up anywhere else recently. I mean, anywhere at all recently. I think it'll be good to look into what they are rather if they're causing people some kind of problem, but Ashton, if there's, I appreciate you coming out with me and meeting Dr. Lester here. I want to know this. And the reason I, one of the reasons I like you is because you're, you know, you're interested in finding this kind of information that you're curious about this stuff that you, that you don't think it's nuts, that you think it's, it's worth looking into, but there's times where I feel like you're not really telling me what's going on. And like, I don't, I need us to be honest with one another. I mean, one of the problems I have with Maui is that he's not even, he's not honest about who he is at all. So the only reason, the only reason he can go, the only reason he can go camping constantly and, uh, smoke weed every day is because his, um, because his mom works for Halliburton. <laughs> like that doesn't. Like and he, Maui was her ex, right? Um, I think it has been implied that Ma- that she is still seeing him. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That that she's like dating this other person, but she's specifically telling you this is a thing I don't like about him, and why I've oh, not, yeah. and why like why I want to 
spend time with you because I think that you're honest. Like I, I think that you're in essentially intellectually interested in this thing that I am. Yeah. But I'm, I'm nervous that you're not being honest with me. And that's the dilemma I have with that other guy that I'm also in a relationship with. Yeah. And for Ashton, I feel he's definitely like, Oh, that means they definitely broke up now. So perfect. Um, but he's, he's like, yeah. Um, well, and he kind of looks around and the professor's not here yet. So he's like, all right, well, um, before what's her name? Professor Lester Lester comes. Um, I did have, I did, you know, I was kind of working that case, I guess, or looking into it at least. And some of these, at least one in particular, really, one person in particular really thought they knew or kind of figured these symbols out and that they were real magic or something. And I can't explain all of it, but I think they, you know, went on that assumption and kind of did awful things based on that. And it kind of tricked some people into, you know, falling into that trap too. And one of them, unfortunately, was uh, what that one guy, Cody. Oh, Cody so you're Brinzo. Saying, so you're saying Cody Brinzo basically believed this stuff too much, and that affected him. Yeah, Cody Brinzo believed it so much that these people, you know, were using these symbols for magic or something, that he was ready to kill people for it. So, you know, there's got to be some kind of history behind this. And I want to learn, I I mean, like how, what these could mean to other cultures or, you know, people in the past. And I don't know. It's, I mean, they're obviously dangerous if people believe these too hard. Could you make a, a cool roll for me? Yeah. You want the coolest de- guy to make a cool roll? Yeah. Well, because you're definitely like leaving some aspects out of that. I don't feel you're not you're not lying, but you're like leaving a chunk out. Well, I got a seven. You got a seven. Okay. And so oh, wait, is that a, a what roll? A, a cool, charm. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Like fire danger or what? What? What's the term in this game? Act under pressure. Act under pressure. Act under the pressure of her being like like. There's a lot you're leaving out here. I think if you give her one more tidbit of information here, he says. Um, maybe this is like right before the professor shows up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he takes this, uh, you know, pint glass full of PBR or whatever, and takes a sip. So he leans closer, and he's like, uh, "It could be bad if people believe this beyond the grave. Apparently, that is also a possibility." She'll kind of, and like- then, then like maybe someone like the. Uh, server or this other person interrupts us. Yeah. I think that um uh Professor Rosalind Lester, Dr. Rosalind Lester comes in, professor of anthropology at the University of West Central Florida, comes in and she's already got her drink. She announces her title. Hello, it's me. I'm knows. wearing a cape. Um, um you know what? I think she is wearing kind of a I don't know what those are called, like poncho. Yeah, she's wearing one of those kind of poncho things, but much more less um Clint Eastwood in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and much more like something Blanche Devereaux would wear in mm-hmm. Golden Girls. 
Oh yeah, perfect. And she puts she puts down like a like a drink of of whiskey, and she apologizes for being late. And Alex, what's her reasoning for being late? And this might be total bullshit. She uh, her dog got out. My dog got out. I've been chasing it around the yard all morning, and I know that was like hours ago, but. <laughs> It really set everything far back, okay. and I. Oh, oh professor, yeah. I thought I thought you had a class before this, but I, I mean, still, yeah, if your I dog gets out, that's that's a big. No, I thought you had a class before this, but that makes sense because, I mean, if if your dog got out, that's like your child. Well, I did the class too, but I've, I had to do things before the class I didn't get to do, and I had to do it after that class. Yeah, but really. Sure. She'll explain it all that comes she back to the dog. <laughs> She'll explain that her dog got out, and yes, she did go to her class. And when you bring up that dog's like like your child, she's like, he "I was have a rescue." A... She's like, "I have an adult son," but yes, my dog. He was a rescue. Thank you for asking. Um, I was looking for him for a while. I had to go to class, but then I got right back to looking for him, and I had to go back between then and now. What's your dog's name? I like it better when she was talking like she was on Maori. My dog's name is Snuffles. <laughs> yeah, his name is Snuffles. Is something funny? All right. So she's like, um, she said, uh, Ashton Green, I know that you're looking for, she'll call you Mr. Green. Mr. Green, I know that you're working uh, with the Lore Corporation and with... Uh, right? That had been revealed to her before? No. I don't think it had. She'll say, uh, Miss Brewer, I know that you've been very, very interested in a lot of my work, and I appreciate it. Um, but again, I'm fairly busy. Have you read uh, this book that I've written on this exact subject? And I think Regan will be like, oh, maybe she'll take out a book that you guys have referenced several times. And she'll, uh, this is an opportunity for you guys to ask this woman questions about exactly what you've seen mm, okay. from that previous mystery slash the extended version of it. Yeah. So did we have any unresolved things from that? I think it was just the the origin of those symbols and there we kind of knew there were voodoo or voodoo kind of situation. Um, and I think that's where Dr. Lester will correct you mm -hmm. where she's like, she's like, they are, and they aren't their mm. imagery that is in, uh, and connected to some voodoo or voodoo imagery, but not exclusively. The images of wasps are much more connected with European witches and witchcraft, um, and fairly, not as commonly seen in voodoo imagery. Um, one of the issues that you run into, of course, is a blending of cultures that you see in part because then she gets into a long like history lecture of like, like these different ideas coming together. She can point out in, if Regan shows her uh, the images that you guys are talking about, and if you kind of like draw a similar image to what had been seen or even show her a picture of what had been uh, the image that you found at the group home, Mm -hmm. That theoretically Alan Graves had made, um, oh, like the the he the headline one. Right? It's like 
Alan Graves essentially drew two stick figures with an arrow from one's head to another's head. And then Regan had shown you like an image that's much more complicated. Almost imagine like a Scientology book cover, like an infinitely more complicated. So it's like volcanoes. There's a volcano. Tom Cruise is there, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Lester can say like, oh, there's an idea not only within voodoo, but also within a lot of, of other traditions of witchcraft and magic. Um, not It's even among some indigenous peoples to this area, but certainly among European um, kind of folklore of the idea of almost brain control or mind control. Uh, the idea that a witch or even a coven of witches or a group can control the mind of someone that they get in their in their thrall or with under their control or their power. Oh, is it always a coven or can it just be done singly? Like I said, it can be a witch or a a, a, a coven of witches or a sorcerer or a shaman or a a, a, a voodoo. Like they're a practitioner of some kind of magic being able to essentially control or even subsume the spirit or the soul of a victim and essentially steal their corporeal form or control their body. That's, that's something that's actually in a lot of different, uh, the folklore of a lot of cultures. Hmm. And she'll get into like, like, oh, the idea of it being connected to voodoo actually has some, like, racist connotations that the idea of, like, oh, these slaves had really, what they really seek to do is 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 be their masters because, of course, being themselves would be, is so awful by comparison. And she gets into, like, a long professorly lecture about it. And would there be any reason for them to to divulge that information to, I don't know, just a regular white kid. She says, again, there can be, this comes from a lot of different, there's a lot of different folklore. There, a lot of different cultures have this as an element of their folklore, including folks who would definitely be considered white. Do you mean someone who wouldn't be involved in, witchcraft yeah i guess maybe someone who had who had been bullied and maybe had some cause for revenge i mean depending on how you considered witches that sounds like every witch hmm and he takes he takes a long sip of this uh pbr pint yeah and i think to uh to kind of finish this up after dr lester has left um Reagan is, is it Reagan with an A? Reagan or Regan? Long A or long E? I think it was Regan. I think I named her after the uh, lady from um, The Exorcist, right? I forget I, how you pronounce it. I do her. not know. I think it's Reagan in The Exorcist. Yeah. I don't I remember so. that. Reagan like the president? I think so. Okay. So, all right, that's me. Listen, Ashy, come here. Give me that little gipper. Um, so yeah, so Reagan, after Dr. Lester has probably left, since we need to wrap this up, one of the things that Reagan will do is she'll kind of like get on her phone or even she has like a tablet with her and she's looking things up and she's looking things up about um, the Magnolia Place mansion. Mm -hmm. And she'll tell you again, it was a 
it was a plantation. It did, they did have slaves, though those slaves escaped. According, according to an article, escaped at the outset of the Civil War. And the weird thing is, she can look back up some of these documents, and she's using the University of West Central Florida's like various databases to look this information up. So it's it's not that this information would be hidden from other people. It would just be more difficult to access if you didn't have the resources of a big university. Right. And so she's looking this stuff up. And one of the things that she can find is there are a lot of weird property transfers that have occurred over the decades. The property was never sold. It was always passed on to someone. So at no point since 1830 was the Magnolia Place Mansion sold. It was always inherited by someone. Mm -hmm. The other weird thing is, with the exception of Alan Graves, no one who inherited it was ever a child of the previous owner or owners. Hmm. Alan Graves was the only person who was the child of the previous owners. And now that Alan Graves is dead... If there's no next of kin, if there's nobody, blah, 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 like the state would take over this and probably auction it off. Um, yeah, that's the one we went to, right? That was all like um, yep. disheveled is, and everything. That's exactly yeah. the place you went to. It is now it is now in a process of review to be um, run by the state where they basically have to see like, are is there anyone who this might this property might pass to? If there isn't, then it goes to the state. The state will auction it off. Gotcha. Here's how I think you find that information out. There's like a local historical society that's like, you can't auction this off. This is of historical significance. Mm-hmm. It's a plantation from 1830. And so there's like a story. There's a story in the paper or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's the stuff that you and uh, Reagan can find out with Dr. Lester. Who, again, looks like Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, anything else from that? All right. I got one more scene with Mr. Welker, and I know it's it's 10.04 already. So, Mr. Welker, are you ready? Yeah, sure. Cool. So, um, why don't you set the scene for the next time you encounter Matlock's um, garden? Does it have to be in the same place? No, and I think that's actually important that it is. It either is isn't in the same place where you're like this is absolutely not where this was before, or you get lost again and just encounter it. One of those two. Okay, let me think for a second. I think I like the idea that not not. I think it's actually important that the that his garden is not stuck in space. Okay, that it was in different places. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. And and again, if anybody else is with you, it, unless we're going to change a bunch of stuff up, it can only be your son, who's yeah. very who's like five ish. That makes total sense. Um, okay, yeah, no, I'll, 
I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple sort of establish a pattern with this guy so um i'll say that like my wife did we establish what she does that i was also going to ask you about that because i think a five-year-old is a lot of a handful but i think especially depending on how things going are going your wife might be looking to maybe like oh he's gonna be in school soon Shouldn't I go back to doing blank? I feel like we established what she does, but I just can't remember what the answer was. Um, I also didn't remember. So, hell, whatever the answer was before, she's at a job interview now. Uh, so she's like currently like off interviewing somewhere. Um, and so I'm walking the kid again, and like I'm walking uh, not at all in the same area as before, uh, where I previously found that garden. Um, and I'll come across like a like a dog park that I hadn't previously noticed. Um, nothing like nothing seems weird about it. Um, it's like relatively small, but it's got like a swing set on it, like just for two people. And so like I, t- I take the kid there. There's no dogs around, uh, and I like sit down in the swing set for a breather. And I set the kid down next to me. He's just sort of like walking around, maybe trying to like get on the swing himself next to me. Um, and like as I sit there, I kind of feel like you know how when you take a bunch of Benadryl and you just feel like really like your head in the clouds and have, like everything's just really, like you're wrapped in a big warm fuzzy blanket and everything's just kind of like cool. You finally stop itching for once in your life for just a moment, for mm-hmm. Pete's sake. Um, and so as I'm doing that, I see like a like a a long jowled, old looking like one of those sad eyed dogs, like a pit bull or something, come over. Like a basset hound, like the like basset, moo, basset, super droopy ass dog. Yeah, one of those sort of like, looking dogs, and it makes its way over to me. It's sort of rutting around. I'm like, I kind of like lackadaisical looking around for its owner. It doesn't really matter because this dog's not a threat to me. And as I'm like sort of nodding off in the swing set, it's like, if it isn't the tallest lad I've seen here in a while, back again, eh? And Mr. Walker will jerk up right again and like look at him intently. And again, you just see the big, bloodshot, saggy-ass eyes of this basset hound. Malak? Good to see you again. Odd. Odd to keep seeing you, but I guess good to see you again. See you brought your lad here. Well, but you were a cat. Like, I remember you were a cat, and I remember your name was Matlock, because I thought of you as Catlock. I've never been a cat in my life. Is that true? No, he was a cat before. Okay, so no, I'm <laughs> almost no, I'm certain you were a cat. You were a mangy-looking cat. Aye, if I was a cat, I wouldn't be mangy. I'd be the king of cats, hanging around, lapping up a bowl of cream, having a good time, a stretch, and then um, I think we see him pull out that tiny, and it looks like a, like I said, like a perfume or a cologne bottle, and he drinks a little of that. And again, it's a dog that looked like a normal dog. And then becomes a little bit more anthropomorphic where it kind of goes back on its hind legs. But if this is done as a TV show, it's still a fairly normal dog just doing more human things. So it has this tiny bottle that it just reaches like out from behind itself of like, wait, where did you get that? And it drinks this stuff. And it says, I've been known to forget from time to time, at least in the short term. Longer, longer is a little bit easier for me. But those things, you know, they... And he makes like a motion. He's like, they they stick in there. Don't mean to be rude. And he offers you some of the stuff from this. Again, it looks like a perfume bottle. And in an attempt to not also be rude, he'll like take it and like cheers him. And what does it taste like? 
It's like sickeningly sweet brandy. Okay. But it does taste like brandy. Like it's just like it's an alcohol. Yeah, it, it tastes it tastes like the same thing it tasted like before. And I think and you tell me. So my imagining is that it tastes like some kind of like fruit brandy thing, but if you think it would taste like honey, or if you think it would taste like some kind of sweet herb, herbal liqueur, you it's tell me. I can't really put my finger on. Like to me, it tastes like you distilled a bunch of like lifesavers, but it's probably something much more complicated that I just haven't experienced before. Oh, okay, yeah. So it has it has like an overwhelmingly sweet, fruity taste, but like with a weird little afterbite of some kind of. What wouldn't have made this? So clearly yeah. it's something else. But that's just the closest analog I have. Yeah. It'd be um, like if yeah, if you ate a lifesaver and then afterwards crunched down on a fennel seed for a second and then spit that out. I'm like, yeah. huh? What? Okay, so you'll take that, but then if like life, after... lifesavers made an oregano lifesaver. Oh god. <laughs> that would be terrible, but that's, yeah. That's, that's incredible. So um, you, you so you drink this thing and you're like, well, I don't know what that is at all it's the same thing you had before okay so it is not different it tastes exactly the same as he hands it back to him like that sort of reminds him that he doesn't really know anything about this person and that the last time they talked he was talking about how children visit him exclusively and mm-hmm. so like as he hands it back to him he'll like go and like sort of try and like suddenly like take his child like by the hand so that he's close and like not in any danger Sure. So I think when you are looking around, the landscape around you has changed. You were sitting on like a park that was um, like a much more modern park that had like a swing set and maybe like a little spin around thing, carousel deal. Uh, I forget what those are called. Um, Like a little monkey bars, kind of jungle gym kind of dealy and slide. Um, I think this is way older. Like you look down and you are on a swing but that swing is like attached to a tree. And instead of sitting on a swing that's on two chains, it's like a rope that's between your legs. And so like, this is a, you're like, this is a different place than I just was. And okay. maybe your, maybe your son is, um, he's nearby and he's just chasing after like a butterfly or something like, so I'm gonna like kid be in shit. contact with him. Like I'm gonna like hold him by the hand or like scoop him up or something while I continue to talk. Sure, and I think um, he can talk. He's five years old. Uh, oh, but can he's he like, see him? Um, I think he's like like dog. He's like, like like oh he's a dog. You're a droopy dog. I'll say. Uh, what does the dog say? I think he gives like a standard child like dog say woof 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 or okay. arf, arf, arf. and he does like a dog impression. Cool. And he's like and the and the and Matlock the dog um like puts that drink away and he takes out his pipe and again he's like oh, I've never said that in my life. Nice. He'll say uh, hey I thought you were supposed to be good with kids. Why can't he understand you? Is he not innocent enough? He's like, "Oh. Calm down." It's not a competition here for whose child is the most innocent. Oh, that's grim. Ew, think, think, think about the opposite of that situation. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, he doesn't say Jesus. Stuff. He says like, he says like, my stars. Yeah. And he, and he smokes. And again, it's weird because he doesn't have hands, but he's basically able to manipulate these things. And I think again. Oh, before we said he had a lighter, but he couldn't use it. Mm-hmm. And so he like has this pipe 
and he's like a little help here. Sure. Yeah, I know the drill. I can do that. Oh. I'll be like, uh, so you, uh, you you can't seem to get rid of me. It's odd even, it's odd even to see you here. I've got to say that because, like I said, you're the tallest lad I've ever seen. In, I've seen in a long, long time. Usually I just have the weans come by, make sure they're safe, keep them out, keep them out from harm. But something about you keeps coming you around, eh? I say, uh, I don't, I'm not in any danger that I know of. What it's do you like, think? I'd hope not. Look at you. You're, th- you're three times my size. <sighs> and I'll say, oh, and then like a thought. I, I think he looks over at the kid and he's like, I think you could take him too. And I say, a thought will occur to me. Be like, wait, does he's not in danger, is he? Usually the re- usually reason why, why they come here is because they are in danger. I'll so if he's well, coming in here. Well, Something's hold, up. Well, hold on. Well, what kind of danger? Like, what what kind of danger could he possibly be in? What do you know about it? Usually, when uh, when one of the Wayans find their way here, I'm having a hard time deciding how Irish to go with this accent. I want to go lighter than thicker. But anyway, usually when one of the Wayans will come in here... I just took a drink because you talked about your accent. Yeah, and again, that's Wayans, like small people, not Wayans, like the Wayans brothers of comedy fame. He'll say, like, when the Wayans come here, it's usually because there's something after them, something looking for them. So actually, I guess I hadn't seen it before because you're here. You know, you got to stop distracting people. You're like a, you're like a, you're like a lass with, with, uh, with big tits and a short skirt. Well, say, hold. What am I distracting you from? Like, what? What are you? What are you supposed to be on the lookout for here? On the lookout, I just make, I just help out with the the weans. Like I said, the little lads, lassies, when they oh, became Scottish, there drink. Um, I just help out with the little lads and lassies when they're when there's someone uh, when there's something up, there's someone following them. When I see the evil eye roaming. I say, hey, listen, Matlock, I love having a magical not-cat-not-dog friend just as much as the next guy, and I'm happy to share a drink with you, but it seems to me like the common thread in us being here is my boy, and you're telling me that you tend to only see the little ones when there's danger about, so you can see how I'd be concerned. Understandable. I understand it completely. Here, hold on. Wait a second. And he takes another swig from this tiny bottle. And he'll offer it to you again. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll say... Um, he'll basically explain this. That so far as he knows, he's able to keep children safe from when something bad might happen to them. And he doesn't know the full extent of it. But when there's someone following them or someone after them or when something bad otherwise would have happened to them. And he'll say, like, near enough to me. Well, they just pop in here, get a get a brief moment of rest. Nice, peaceful place. 
chase after a bug and your son is like looking at a dragonfly. And then what happens after after you're done looking out for them? And they go off home. Just like you did. The thing I don't understand is how a big lad like you can come in here. Even with your little one. Or even with your wee one. That's what I had said before. Yeah. That's the terminology I'll use. And I'll say to him, well, listen, I I think that's a very noble goal. I got asked big the man, Big man like you should be able to protect his laddie from whatever lad from whatever was going on. And he'll, like bristle, and say, he'll bristle and say, of course I can. Um, but if you know something that I don't, I I need to know that. You you can see that, right? And I think he'll I think he'll kind of uh he'll kind of think about it. And he'll go over to uh he'll kind of like pace he'll pace around, but again, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. So his version of pacing around is kind of just awkwardly is this or is it sort of like sort of between his legs or um I don't think between his legs is in like, oh, geez, kind of thing. But it's not wagging like as in excitement. But I think he's kind of like looking around. His tail is up. Um, and he's a basset hound. And he's kind of droopily moving so around. His tail is moving like a cat does, like totally unlike a dog. So it's sort of like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's The tail is like, you're like, that's not a dog. Like yeah. 100% you're like, okay, he isn't a dog. Yeah. And so when you're like, when he was like, I've never been a cat or a dog in my life. You're like, oh, he is not that. Yeah, and maybe, yeah, I like I like yours. It's moving that way. I was gonna say maybe it's not a dog's tail. Maybe it's the tail of another animal. But I like that it's just moving like a cat's tail, which would be super weird. Oh, it's extremely strange. And um, yeah, so he kind of sniffs around this swing. He sniffs at your son, kind of walks around, and he goes back to that um, the well. And if you remember, there's an old stone well, and on the top of it is a uh, like a wooden lid. And he kind of leans up against it, and he'll say, "Like, you think I can get up here with these legs?" Oh, yeah, Mr. Rucka, go help him. Whatever he needs. Yeah, and you have to lift him awkwardly up, and he's like, "Hey, watch the undercarriage, son." Of course, wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> Seems like something's out there. Something's following you around. I can smell it. Doesn't come from under the earth. Doesn't come from where I'm from. Comes from the water. Where I ended up, it seems. Oh. I'll say, um... From the water. And I wonder if Mr. Welker put that together right away. Yeah, I mean, I did. Why not? Mm-hmm. I'll say, um... You're not talking about a monster, are you? And I think he'll say monster and he just shrugs. And again, all he keeps changing between whether he can do human stuff and whether he's a dog. And so when you say that he shrugs like a person Hmm. and um, he takes another drink of this like weird bottle, which again, I feel he's like pulling them out from essentially off screen. Yeah. Every time you like turn back to him, he has something else in his hand. Yeah. Um, But he, he'll say, Monster, I don't know, but something that's something that's certainly uh, something that smelled off to me. That's why I must have. Uh, that's why I must have brought him here. But I don't know why I'd bring you here. He 
you say, listen, I'll say, listen, Matlock, I could take care of myself. You don't need to worry about me. But listen, there's nothing I won't do for you if you can help me make sure that my my kid, my children, my kids stay safe. Like if, if it comes down to it, would you do that for me? Huh. Just sit and hear a story for me, lad. Of course, he'll sit down again. You know, when I was, uh, I wouldn't say young, but I was younger. I came here, was on a, was a long, long ride. I was surprised. Folks who'd, I was a wee boy. I was a wee, a wee bairn. Uh, yeah. Came here, it was a long time ago when I, I showed up. It was other folks, families who, who came, who wanted some place to go. With people, who, some of whom they didn't speak the same language, but they had the same hearts. They had the same, had the same faith, at times at least. I'd have thought we had the same heart, but not always. So I tried to help as I could, tried to get on as I could, and there I ended up. Turns out, I pissed the wrong, uh, pissed the wrong fell off. Friends of mine pissed the wrong fell off, and I got uh, got trapped here. Not upset about it. What else was I doing? Well, but as so many of my, uh, as far as I know, other folks have gone under the earth, gone to be away from all of you, and now here I am, one of the last of the little folks, hanging around, stuck, can't be under the earth. Sounds like you're doing good work given your circumstances. I mean, how many how many people how many children have you helped? You know. But with that said, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you, I'm I'm you know I'm familiar with sort of your your world. This sounds like a manipulate role. Is it? I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, this sounds like a manipulate role, especially because you're like, I specifically want something from you, and I will help you out. And the way that this game works, it will. Uh, okay. It, right. it, yeah, if you if you get a seven to nine, he will tell you what he wants. All right, let's That's do it. Actually, a thing I really like about this game, which is I can't, I don't have to be like guess. It's just like, hey, give me this. Um, it's charm. Yes. I keep forgetting that uh, Walker is not that charming. Oh, I got an eight. Okay, so I think that you get this information. But to just have Matlock giving you the information, I think would be boring. I think if this was a TV show, he wouldn't just tell you. We'd have a flashback. The whole episode. Uh, you see this stuff. So I'm going to give you this information. And if you want to relay the story and imagery that you get back, here's the deal. And I'll try to make this really, really quick. Okay. So after the Spanish Armada attempted to invade England. Do mm -hmm. um, you like that, David? <laughs> so after the Spanish Armada attempted to invade England. All right, I'm going to um, make this real quick. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. 500 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. All right. after yeah, I got to get out of here. Uh, All right, whenever, whenever you got to go, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you later. But right, so whenever, when the Spanish Armada attempted to invade England, and it was, uh, for the most part, repelled, there were some ships that ended up in. By, the, by the will of God. 
storm. By the will of God, some folks say that the term Black Irish comes from those folks of Spanish descent who landed in Ireland. Um, but the deal is that there were some folks among the Irish who essentially, when they heard that Spain was settling these colonies, left Ireland to go be with their Catholic brothers in the New World. And they thought that this could be a new life for them. And so Matlock will tell you that essentially he ended up here with those people. Yeah, okay. Um, And so he ended up here and Mm -hmm. he enjoyed... Um, he enjoyed simple things. Um, he enjoyed music. He enjoyed um, like the, the the harvests that they would sometimes have. Life was pretty tough, but life had been tough in Ireland as well. And so this wasn't that different for him. The biggest thing that he, um, the thing that he clung to was essentially that there were only a few children born because the environment was so hostile uh, people were getting sick pretty regularly, in part because of the different climate. And he um, he tried to look after those children. Um, the thing that was eventually found was uh, eventually at some point, like a a priest found him, and this priest, being like connected to the Inquisition in some capacity or another, viewed um, viewed this this thing, this creature as a negative influence on um, on like the, the proper Catholic souls and the native souls that they were trying to convert and especially on these children. Um, Matlock viewed this guy as someone who was being predatory towards children. Um, and this priest uh, drowned Matlock in a well. He clamped him in irons that burned and he put him in a well that drowned him. And he's been trapped there ever since. And while and when that happened, other... sorry, when that happened, was he in human form? And he, I think he will be very cage in his description. He will be very cagey, but in a visual, he can certainly be in some kind of human form or human like form. I'll leave that up to you. I don't know what he looks like, but I know he's the idea is that he was clamped into irons and thrown down a well where he was drowned and the idea forgotten. Okay. And so that's, that's, that's this idea is that he's essentially been drowned and he'll keep bringing up that he's like a child of the earth. He's one of the little people. Uh, A lot of the, his brothers he thinks have gone under the earth and they're gone but he can't because he's he's been drowned. He's trapped in the water. Oh, so maybe like we have sort of like a ring situation where if I get exhume his body, that help him out. And that's what he wants. And he's like, what I want is to what I want is to. I think I think you can tell he wants that, but he's not he's not even going to ask for it. Like he's so he's so resigned to living in this situation for theoretically eternity. Cause he just told you a story that came from like the 15 or 1600s. Well, presumably if he's only appearing to children, make a lot of sense. He hasn't found anyone to help him out. That also makes some sense. They're okay. not always the best problem solvers. They're not all fucking Harriet the spy. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like uh, there's not really much I can add as far as the like, imagery to that. 
And like once that story is over, he'd be like, absolutely. Like I obviously I, I can't really help you right now. I need I need equipment. I need tools, but I can get those things. Um, and then what would you do? And what would he do for you? Well, my my question at that point was like, where would you go? Like, what do oh, you want? What do you want? I think I think you put that to him, and he doesn't have a response. Like he, like I said, he's resigned himself to. I'm imprisoned forever. I can keep I mean, doing. Consider it. I'm. He'll. And I think. I think you can kind of like see on his like in his like droopy dog eyes. Um, and when you look at his eyes, you don't, for a moment, you don't see the eyes of a dog. You see the eyes of a man. Mm. And there's kind of an element to that that's maybe off-putting. Um, but he, there's there's an aspect to him that had resigned himself to, he will be trapped in that situation forever. There's another element that's like, well, what else can I do? And you're kind of blowing his mind with the possibilities here. Yeah, it's like genie. If I free you, what will you do? Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, so like, what could be kind of like kind of logical about? It? It's like, well, listen, like that would require um, digging equipment, um, some industrial machinery, and like sort of list these various things. It's like, but we'd have to like schedule a time I could find you, I can meet you, um, and might have to bring other people in. Like that well might be pretty deep. And, and oh, like, and I think I think that's where he has the like. In the same way, actually, with the genie, where the genie is like, "Oh yeah, I get it." He has the like, he's like, "Don't, don't, don't bother yourself too much. I, I get it. It'll be a, it'll be a big pain in the arse. I, I understand, but, you know, don't worry about it. I've been here long enough. Longer won't hurt. What's the difference? Under the earth, under the water, same." He'll sort of walk be like, kind of like get the message, but listen, like, um. Uh, I want to help you out. Um, and he, like look at like at the sky, like maybe like the sun's going down. He's like, um, I have to get uh, I have to get Kyle Kyle right. I have to get Kyle home. Um, but I hope you, I hope you, I hope we meet again soon. Appreciate it. One for the road. And he offers you that little bottle, and he'll like oblige. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, I you know I gotta ask. Oh, I feel like this is dangerous territory. I was gonna ask, what is this? But uh, let's say, like, yeah, well, what is this? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for that. That's what. That's why I was like, I shouldn't ask this. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's. Is it? Is it something? Is oh, it? Here's a better thing. Here's a better thing. He's like, uh, you know, say, uh, listen, maybe next time I can introduce you to something, uh, some more modern drinks. Oh, and I think, I think you'll say, well, taste of something new wouldn't be too upsetting. I've been sticking with this. And, uh, yeah, and he'll say, and I think he'll, he'll point out some things that it doesn't make sense to, for Brandy to be made out of. I think he'll say, like, it's made out of, like, clovers and what else? What other weird shit? Um... Irish spring soap. Yeah. Clovers and Irish spring soap, the kind of soap that you have to stab with a knife. Yeah. Who's boss. Um, otherwise it won't go in your armpit. No, he'd say like, it's made out of clovers. It's made out of, uh, lamb's breath. Made out of 
butterfly wings and snips and snails and puppy dog yeah, tails. You and you're like, you're like, okay, you maybe started with a recipe and then you just kind of meandered away of like, yeah, it's made with whatever. Like, okay, weirdo. Yeah. All right. And um, yeah, we. How, what does it look like when? Mr. Welker and Kyle leave. Like, what are what is the camera shot here as they as they go away from this park? Because in the past, you passed out essentially and woke up somewhere else. I don't think that would make sense if you're with Kyle. Yeah, for you to pass out. Um, oh, maybe something like sort of like an abrupt return to the mundane. So it's like he and I are walking out, and I'm like attending to him. And I'm like, do you like the doggy? Doggy is like, oh, doggy goes wolf. And then like I hear like a honk honk from behind me, like a car like right behind me because I'm like slow this days. I like turn back like what the hell? And it's just like just a regular road and like a car like some asshole in SUV is like, hey, the guy's like come on, yeah. yeah, awesome. That is literally exactly what I was thinking. And you look around and you're you not only yeah like that park is not here. The park that you're near. In fact, you, I, I think you aren't even near that park that you had started with. You've just been kind of, you're like, oh shit. And it takes you a while to get your bearings to head back home. We see a pile of rocks. They're covered over with grass for the most part. Maybe some bits of wood and roots. And we go towards it, towards it, towards it, towards it, towards it. We hear like the dripping of water. And we go into what is a well. But it's an old kind of well. It's covered in um, like uh, moss and... uh, Good. There's all kinds kinds of stuff like greenery growing in there. And... um, But it's weirdly deep. And it's a deep well that we kind of go into for a bit. And we see that there are kind of old stones there. And maybe when we get to like the surface of the, we we get to the surface of the water. It doesn't take long for us to get to the surface of the water. Sorry. The well, before we hit the water, is not deep. It only goes in a couple feet, maybe a foot or two. And then we see this like scum covered water. It's very dark. And we kind of go into it. And as we go down into it, it almost seems to get a little bit cleaner. And at the very bottom, we see um, a chain. And on the ends of this chain, we see two very, very small hands. But they are not completely human hands. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. 
Additional music for this episode included Around the Village by Lobo Loco. Do you guys not remember Gerbert, though? I do. Uh, it was incredible. He's like, wait. Oh, boy, I sure do love Jesus. Oh. Sounds like a South Park character. Oh, I thought you meant Gerbert, the, the person we just talked about, and I'm is now part of the backstory, and yeah. she definitely has to come back. She's definitely, she, yes. She, she needs to come back and start a love triangle with Herbert and uh, the vet or whatever. She was a gill man the whole time. Or that. Hungarian. What's the Hungarian uh, gill man the equivalent? equivalent of gill man? There's got to be one. Well, they are, they're a landlocked country now, so it would have to go back to when it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Travel <laughs> back, 1912. The Titanic. Aboard a gill man in a top hat. He's... <laughs> He's being drawn nude by Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, what's Ashton's scene? Gerbert is there, and uh, they're going to town on each other. <laughs> 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 they're doing lines of paprika off each other's boners. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't handle that, man. It's a regular Hungarian party. Yeah. Uh, give me the goulash. <laughs>